0: There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. And you're all invited. Terror clowns, Cenobites, and chainsaw wielding madmen, this is Modern Escape Hello and welcome to another week of Modern Escapism. My name is Stig and I will be your host for this episode. I have such sights to show you. But before I do that, let me introduce you to the rest of the team. First up, when you hear his footsteps coming, you better get running. It's Mr. X. Rated himself, it's Biggie. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Say his name five times in the mirror and he'll appear and rant at you till you die. It's Gadget Gadget. 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 Will people stop disturbing me? I'm busy here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and be warned, if you do watch our YouTube video this week, in seven days, she will crawl out of the monitor and kill you. It's Candy.
1: Hello. I will.
0: <laughs> and finally, all work and no play makes Oodles a dull boy. All work and no play makes Oodles a dull boy. All work and no but pl- You get the gist. It's Oodles. <laughs> I'm having a week off. Hello. I thought that line was actually quite uh, appropriate yeah. for this week.
2: <laughs> yeah. We, we, don't worry. We, I've not been replaced. I'm just I'm just a, a passerby this evening. Yeah. I'm just chilling. I'm relaxing. I'm a nice a busy chilled week.
0: week off. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into the show, please consider becoming a patron. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. On there, you can support us from as little as one pound a month. But if you want to support us more, £7.50, the Biggie bundle. From November, that will get you 11 exclusive or early access Whoa. podcasts. That's 11 Oof. podcasts for £7.50. Can't say fairer than that.
3: That's nice. Yes. For more information Oof. on
0: that, you can head to our website, modernescapism.co.uk. But enough of that. I want to know what's been happening in the world of pop culture. So over to you, Biggie. <laughs>
2: You may already know, but he doesn't because it's time for Biggie's
3: Breaking News.
4: Thank you very much. Uh, first up, Invincible, the much loved comic and now uh, adult cartoon, um, is now having video games officially developed. Um, I'll eat my hat if one of them is not a beat him up. You're
2: not wearing a hat.
4: But I'll buy one. It has, just it to, has to be.
2: It is going to be a beat more isn't it? Really, oh, it's got to be. I don't really. I'm not really sure what else she could do. I mean, the problem mm. with this is the um, the ratio to good TV adaptations to games is quite low. So I'm not holding my breath. I don't know who's. Do we know who's doing it?
5: No, it was just. No, it was just really a info. So doing
2: so it. For. Yeah, I'm
5: yeah, going for
4: a
2: Mortal what, Kombat comic style. <laughs>
4: You oh, it's got to so, be a gore fest, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I they mean, could if even, it isn't, then what's the point? <laughs> they could even yeah. do
2: the uh, Dragon Ball Z thing that they've been doing for the past few years, where you can fly about a little bit and then fight. You can't really do much, mm. but you can still kind of explore. You never know. Yeah. Well I get say next? Next. <laughs> yeah.
4: <it's your laughs> I have to mention this name. I'm very sorry. Mark Zuckerberg reveals the new <laughs> Quest Pro VR headset. I thought we are talking villains Facebook. later. The <laughs> <laughs> Facebook owner, Meta, has revealed a new VR headset as part of its continued Metaverse push.
5: So I'll put this in there because there is so much that's absolutely fucking hilarious around this. So the, the, the Quest Pro v- headset, it, it's, it's like a mixed reality VR thing as well, but it's like slimmer, so like when you look at it, it it's not like the, the Quest 2, which kind of sticks off your face quite a distance, or like the, um, the rift that Stig's got. Um, it, it it's more like a really thick pair of glasses, which is fine, which is a good way for the technology to go. However, it costs fifteen hundred dollars. Well, wow! But they're marketing one, then, mate. So they're they're marketing it for like professionals uh, to use and like enterprise users. Uh, and apart from like a few edge cases like engineers or architects or stuff like that, I can't really see a need for an office worker to have these. But more stuff came out about it over the week. Like, for instance, so uh, there's Horizon Worlds, which is the the metaverse, it's like the virtual meeting place. It's trying to take on VR chat. Uh, there, there was an announcement that they that they finally put legs on the avatars. They've cracked that <laughs> bit of really difficult coding, and now uh, it was an announcement <laughs> thing. Your avatars have no legs. legs. They're not just floating torsos anymore. Um, but the the big one, and 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 this is the one which which the, the real reason I kind of put it in there. It's, so it's got eye tracking in there, so you know it, it can. If you're having a conversation with someone in VR, it can like track your facial expressions and and where your eyes are looking and that kind of thing. Um, it's in. It, it's going to be used for advertising. They're going to be. They're going to be looking at the kind of things that you look at and like pay oh, attention okay. to. Um, that's really Obes baked mainly. into this. <laughs> Lots <of> <laughs> well, it's it, 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 it. it's it's more the fact that so so Meta are charging a lot of money for this headset. Which is then going to be used to just drag more data away from you. So, this one isn't aimed for like the consumer market, like us. It's not really aimed for gamers; it's for business. But I think this stuff will be in the Quest Three, which will be out. I think comes out next year or the year after. Yeah, they'll push it in definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I. I don't think I'll be upgrading my Quest Two to another like meta device.
2: The scary thing I saw about this was uh, I was watching someone on YouTube about it today of all of all days where he was saying um, that, yeah, oh, surgeons could use it. And I'm sorry, but if I'm scheduled for my penis reduction, I'm not having a surgeon <laughs> there with VR doing it with a robot doing it. You know what I mean? I've got to do lab. it right. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> in terms of like the expression, what if you've got a resting bitch face like me? Like, that girl clearly hates everything. What should we advertise to well, her? i get a load of happy pills in the mail.
5: I mean, I've, I've seen what your your Facebook algorithm's like anyway, but... Um, with the, the stuff you send me, but it's 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 more about like looking at the stuff that you pay attention to. So it's like looking for micro expressions in your face and where your eyes dark. I'm looking to for and, Todd
2: Howard popping up in the corner.
5: Yeah. So yeah. So, so it's like so <laughs> selling me things. The example that I think The Verge did was like if it, if they present you an advert while something is loading, which is you know lo- loads of online games do. It would then it would then be looking to see how how interested are you in this? Like we're looking at your different expressions and seeing how into this advert are you you reading all the text are you looking over it are you kind of just "Mm," like that kind of edit and it's that it's that further targeting of ads to you based on your face which I think is fucking gross so they're going to see
1: me shuffling around looking for my bong yeah
5: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I put
0: my VR on for the first time in ages today and the first thing it said was sign into the metaverse and I was just like okay whatever like did you yeah have you jacked in Already, yeah, getting me to sign into the metaverse. Ugh. I think, oh, no. um, oh no, friend of the Tiggy, he, he said he thinks that they're trying to do internet 2.0, that, that they're trying to push the next evolution of the internet. Yeah, it's not, it's not I mean, wrong at
5: all. That is exactly yeah. what they're doing, but in a corporate mm. owned way rather than the free internet that it is now. Mm. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going,
2: it's going for, it's, it's your, going um... far like consumer, consumer friendly when it first started. It was a communication device. So, this is capitalism at its fucking yeah. highest peak.
5: I, I, I also did you it? set I also up your when... avatar
4: with a uh, Liverpool football kit?
5: I was, I was going to say that. That, <laughs> that, that, that was missing, <laughs> conspicuously missing from the news there, Stig. Uh,
0: actually,
4: I did today's removed, result,
0: I didn't well remove guys. that one. He never put it in.
5: Oh no, yeah, That wasn't was one to, of the too, stories though. I
2: removed. Yeah. We know that because he's not a real fan.
5: Yeah, apparently par- <laughs> Liverpool Football Club are jumping around saying that saying they're the first football team to offer you can buy their kits in Metaverse. Oh, they really know their fan base. <laughs> they really know
2: yeah. the socialist fan base of Liverpool. <laughs> Look, you, you guys won today. Have that. Enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, let, let them do what
2: they want. Moving on away from the
0: evil that is the Metaverse.
4: <laughs> to another evil. Yeah, oh, great. Um... Apparently, the uh, the newer versions of Persona 5, Royale, Persona 4, Golden, Persona 3, Portable, which are coming to Game Pass. the um, PlayStation versions apparently will have um, no way to upgrade the path. Sorry, not have a no upgrade path available. Microsoft have even managed to place embargoes on the announcements. When the uh, ports were first revealed, nothing was allowed to be said. So basically, in a nutshell, PlayStation owners are going to have an inferior versions. I don't like the sound it's of This is not at all.
2: new for the Persona series. When Persona Four Earth Five first came out, you had to pay full whack for Royal version, which is mm. it's not. It's definitely not new for this company. I don't think. I don't think PlayStation care because they know, especially in Japan, they'll just buy it. Well, it's, they, it's, they did it with Dragon Quest. They did it We Eleven. They released a, a special version a few about uh, six months after. People bought it again.
5: I did. Yeah, <laughs> like an idiot. I mean, it's it's Atlas. They do it all the time. They release the same game over yeah. and over again. Yes, you know, Disgaea. Yeah, it's essentially the same game. This diff- guy has not changed
2: since. Yeah, it's not changed since two. <laughs> so it's not changed at all.
5: Yeah, and like Persona Five Royal. I mean, that wasn't a massive. there was. Was it one extra dungeon and some quality of life? One, changes? Ca- one
2: new character. One new character. Some some um, chaff just took out of it. So it's actually a shorter and the main story, but for good re- good 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 reason. It is the best version. Yeah. <laughs> sorry sneeze <laughs> but yeah it's it's the best version of it but it when when Sona 4, uh, 5 God, fucking hell was Sona 5 came out that came out full whack game obviously and was it a year maybe, maybe even yeah, less for it was Royal a, yeah I think it was only a year for Royal and again yeah, then the new stuff you had to play the game again you couldn't import your save you couldn't do none of that you yeah. had to play 80 hour RPG again to get the next 10 hour stuff so phew, I've still to this day not finished any version of Persona 5 and I, I mm-hmm. adore Persona 4. I just, it's too long, even for me. It's too long. Mm.
4: Uh, next up, Gotham Knights have been getting a bit of flack this week and it's been announced that the PC will be the only platform to support Gotham Knights with 60 frames per second. The only what? platform um, will be the PC making it default the definitive way to play the game.
5: Yeah,
0: why is it a PS5? Uh, why out games on the <laughs> PS5? An Xbox so automatically sixty frames per second now. Why? There's no reason for it. Mm. That's Unless stupid. They're just trying to develop for last gen as well, are they? all? Well, no, the... well,
5: no, no, Gotham Knights isn't coming out on last gen. It does not come out. Personally. So how, how the, the hell, hell can these, it. How the hell can the current gen? <laughs> so it's machines it, not do it. It screams to me. It's really poorly optimized. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember when um, Arkham Knight came out and the PC port was utterly, <laughs> oh mm. I bet. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's gone the other way around here, but remember, this is this is WB Games. They're not known for putting out stable, good products.
2: Yeah, Shadow of Mordor still needs patching.
5: <laughs> it does.
2: Good luck. Great game. Great game. Also, fucking
5: also, also, also the pre- you out all the time. <laughs> the previews of Gotham Knights are making me less and less interested. Apparently, it's quite. It sounds like it's going to be quite dull.
0: Mm. Yeah, yes. I'm not really that bothered by it. I think it's that Suicide Squad
2: game looks more fun. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah,
1: mm. for sure.
2: Next. Boycott that as well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll get on to Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The film world has been rocked, rocked I tell you, as the uh, Blade production has been shut down just as we were talking about last week. that um, Several issues affecting the project It's now been pushed back to 2024. This has also resulted in various Marvel movies also being delayed. Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four being moved to 2025 and Avengers Secret Wars to 2026. What a
1: shit Shite. show.
0: Knock on effect. Uh-huh. It just—I think all that kind of shows is that Blade has an important part in all this. It must yeah. do, yeah.
2: Passively, it must do yeah. because if he did, if he—there were a lot didn't... of people on Twitter saying that Blade's going to be the introduction to the mutants proper, so they can't continue without it. Yeah, it which could makes be. sense with Blade's links to the X-Men. Yeah. Well, I mean, what gets all the spoilers, but
0: zero percent <laughs> Marvel <laughs> chat. Yeah, but
2: yeah.
0: I, 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 to be honest, I think it means as well that they, they use the who's the right they got on on the director for um, Kang D- Dynasty Dynasty Dynasty, yeah. Yeah, that, that <laughs> it looks like they'll probably be uh, doing the uh, Secret Wars as well.
2: So yeah, yeah, gives them a bit longer to get that right rather than trying to rush.
5: I've it got out. I've got no Less issue of the, uh, with them
2: taking the time because like Thor, Love and Thunder broke my heart.
0: Yeah, take your time, especially with all the news recently about the the um the studios, the uh computer. What's the word?
2: What is the word?
0: Studios that do all the CGI, you know. Lost my special effects. Special effects. That's where the fuck just went. Just (laughs) went. Hosting's hard, isn't it, mate? The special effects uh, studios and all the shit that that's come with that. So they get longer to make these things, and that's better as well. Agreed. Yeah.
4: Uh next up for the one Adam Sandler fan in the world. Um he will be There's reunited with the the Saft is it Safti Safty. <laughs> brothers who uh did Uncut Gems with him for a new movie that will uh, begin filming this winter.
0: Say it right Biggie. It's Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. <laughs> uncut Gems. <jams. laughs> That's um, no, a good thing. When Sandler's actually given
2: dramatic roles, good roles he's I've said this. He's very good. <laughs> Also, I've said this, he's a, so, be, he's a better dr- dramatic actor than he is a comedic actor.
5: Also, a Sandler not writing stream. it or producing it. Exactly. Yeah.
2: so he's probably not going on holiday either, so he'll be pissed off, which will make the <laughs> drama even better. And
5: Kevin James and Rob Schneider won't be involved. Rob Schneider.
2: Rob
0: Schneider. Like Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
2: count me in the uh, team of looking forward to this because Uncle James is me too. brilliant. And I really
0: like I like, as well. mm-hmm.
2: I like when somebody I hate can change my mind. And when Adam Sandler changed my mind on Uncut Gems and the uh, basketball one that it, did. It 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 plays with my mind. It makes me feel like I'm wrong, but then again I, <laughs> I think back to I think back to all them other films he's done, and I'm like, I'm not fucking wrong. He's <laughs> still doing a murder a mystery show.
0: too,
4: don't worry about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is crap. Days. I like him as Sticky's, a dream.
4: Rubbing his hands on this next one as well. Brendan Fraser says he's open to reprising his role as Rick O'Connell yeah. in the G- Mummy franchise. Give me those really royalties.
0: Give me those royalties. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's right. Mummy fought, it's already pitched, it's already written. It's ready? Screenplay. To go. Done. Yeah. Edited. I'll Done. take my presentation, but I'll make sure it works this time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pitch it to it's him, done, mate. It's done. in the bag, mate. You've yep. got, you've got the job. You've got the job. You'll see it. It'll come up. Universal. And then from that, in association with am thinking, Stig. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Stig. <laughs> <Yeah, the sweat laughs> from that, you'll jump into the MCU and you'll change it back to Phase Three. how we loved it? And you'll
3: work I'll on fix that, and you'll be it. the new.
2: You, you, will be the new Russo brothers. I'll soon be
0: the new Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll.
4: So your name is Gloria. Stuart Becker. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Let's Big Eel. Big he'll say my name wrong every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Former for podcast that... host slash MCU
2: yeah. president. <laughs> stick.
0: If he's willing to do it, um, it's up to him. I know that those movies really took a toll on his body and fucked him up. So it's. I wouldn't want to do it if it's going to cause him any more. See it if it's going to cause him any more pain. So
3: Yeah. They mm. yeah. could
0: get Chris Pratt to be his son. <laughs> no. I've already cast his son, Nicholas Holt. Is it? Oh, I like Nicholas Holt. He's good.
4: He's good. No, I'm interested on this next one because I don't see this working at all. A new Naked Gum film is in the works with, believe it or not, Liam Neeson in Talks to Star. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. <laughs> next. 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 Yeah, no, no. You, can anyone actually see him delivering that sort of role? No. no. I just don't next. see it.
5: Well, I mean, I to be fair, it. it's, it's if, if you remember, Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor before he did Airplane. He was. And he was funny in Airplane. But, and, the, and and But the
2: not naked. like Liam Neeson. No, nope. he was. No, funny he was. In he was a proper serious, quite
5: dark actor.
4: So, yeah, he was, but it's just the face and, you know, the... He's got that comical looking face isn't he when he does it so straight that I just mm. don't see Liam Neeson <laughs> having that same impact I just don't I mean, see I mean I, I don't see it being funny choice. in the
5: slightest like there was, oh. there was a charm to the Naked Gun films and even then the third one was a f- that was a bit torturous getting through that one by the end of it it was yeah
0: yes wow. why wow. remaking spoof films doesn't seem like no. a good idea so
2: Making well, what, what was the, the last the right good person. spoof film that came out? You know what I mean. That's the thing. Is oh, it a genre the... that's dead? What was the last good spoof film? I don't think there was one.
4: Moonfall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty solid solid answer.
5: I think I think that the last spoof film I saw that I enjoyed was maybe Scary Movie Two.
2: What about yeah. that? Um, what about that Seth MacFarlane one? That cowboy one? Was that good? That was a spoof. Well, no, A million ways got, to die in the West. That, that was shite. Was that? Was it? Was I can't remember if it was good or not. It wasn't even that, a spoof. That
0: was it was trying to be a spoof. Sp- it's supposed See, to be a comedy you, western. Would you class like, classify Tropic, right. Tropic Thunder a spoof? Ah, it's, a satire. Uh, it's, it's, it's satire. A satire. Yeah,
4: it's more parody, it's isn't there's it? A fit,
2: there's a thin line in there. Mm, Kung, Kung Fu hustles.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a bit of a spoof. Kung
2: that yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, that's a
5: that's a shout. But we're a long, long way away from when like. The naked gun and hot shots airplane. and airplane yeah. and mm. stuff like that were loaded weapon. The, yeah, the big deal. All, Dracula Dead and loving it. Dracula Dead and Loving it's incredible. Good. It is good, it's really good. It's Leslie Nielsen's cannon. I I mean, yeah. Uh Liam Neeson's a great actor, but he's not Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I think no. it's stupid.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I felt before we move on, I found it. The last great one is what we do in the shadows. So that's
2: a spoof
5: documentary.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, you've done it. I'll go with
2: that. You've done it.
4: Well, Google well did. Next. Oh. <laughs> Keanu Reeves has reportedly stepped away from the Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese's The Devil in the White City series for Hulu. Uh, director Todd Field also departed from the project as well, so that's not going well, is it?
2: What a shame a bad actor stepped away from a project.
1: I think Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio felt intimidated by his acting chops.
2: I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> he probably thought, Who oh, is this man? Is lo- you d- Keanu, you're lovely, but you can't fucking act. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. There's not been much info about why this has happened does well, other than it's just happened. Nah. So, mm. I love I love Scorsese in jet so I'll I'll take anything from him. Mm. Oh he's I doing a see- Gangs of New York TV show, isn't he? Yes. Mm. And I love Gangs of New York. think yeah. it's one of the stupidest films I've ever seen, but I love it. It'd <laughs> probably work as a TV show, though. It would. It would. Mm. I just, yeah, I can see that. I, I love him, and Keanu Reeves not being in his next project is bang on for me. Up for
0: it. It doesn't seem like a Scorsese. I mean, it's only Scorsese produced, isn't it? So, yes. But it doesn't seem like the type of actor Scorsese would usually go for yeah. anyway. So. No,
2: because Scorsese does that, that, that unreliable narrator thing where the narrator talks to the audience. Ke- Keanu Reeves talking to the camera, like... This is me doing cocaine. Oh, I'm on cocaine. (laughs)
0: Fucking stupid. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. It
3: just won't work.
4: So what else isn't working? Warner Brothers Discovery is preparing for a new round of layoffs, hitting DC and Cartoon Network, along with other divisions of Warner Brothers Television Group. The layoffs are expected to be comparable to the wave that took place in August. So, lots of redundancies. Mm. Lovely. Warner Brothers is on, is on its
5: f-
2: ass. fuck they are doing with this at all? Just since Bugs Bunny died, it's been on its ass.
5: Well, it, 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 this, this one's pretty bad, this one. So, so what, what, the way they announced it was in a really kind of subtle way. Because what they do is they're laying off about 125 people. That's a, so, that's across scripted, non-scripted, and current programs. But then it's merging Cartoon Network with Warner Brothers directly. Which means that the the head of Warner Brother programming will be in charge of what comes out of Cartoon Network. Now, Cartoon Network, you know, for people our age especially, was quite formative because it was they released different kinds of cartoons than what um, a lot of other places. It it was almost like a punk attitude towards cartoons. I mean, where else would you get shit like fucking Dexter's Lab or Cow and Chicken? Like really fucking weird shit. It owns Adult Swim as well. It owns Adult Swim. You know, SpongeBob SquarePants came out of it. Like, stuff that has been, like, defining for so many people's lives and the way they consume media, but also, like, the formation of people's sense of humours, the formation of people's worldviews come through these things. Like, Cartoon Network gave us, like, Steven Universe, which uh, which was one of the first cartoons out there that had kind of quite openly the LGBT characters throughout the whole thing, across the entire spectrum of it. Warner Brothers aren't going to give you that. No. And most importantly, Cartoon Network was the
2: first place to have English versions of Dragon Ball Z, which was massive for me. Yeah, they,
0: well, yeah,
5: because c- yeah, they they brought a lot of anime over and dubbed yeah. it. In house
0: I, I think after like we obviously grew up and moved on, they still did stuff like that for kids. I'm pretty sure Adventure Time was on Cartoon Network, yeah, and it was Over the Garden Hedge. Oh God, yeah, that's it, isn't it? That one, yeah. with the, the weird one. That was you've like, got to, you've got you've that's... got to watch
2: out though, because in in Britain it's different because. Even if it's made by Cartoon Network, some shows still went on to Nickelodeon in Britain, but it's a, it's a, there's a weird crossover with who makes it and where, what channel it goes on in Britain, but in America, they get it all properly, do you know what I mean? It's weird how it is. But,
5: yeah, so, so it's effectively meaning you're shutting down Cartoon Network Studios, merging it into Warner Brothers Animation, which is just do don't, don't, not good. Don't they own Hanna-Barbera as well? Yeah, well, so Hanna-Barbera is under Warner Brothers Animation.
2: So what they're going to do with all them classics that they love to rerun that I love that still exist? Well, I are around Cartier whenever Network you
0: want, and they'll just be on HBO Max or something like that, won't they? They'll just yeah. put them out so. to that, or
5: that or Hulu or something. But yeah, it's I just, just um, the Cartoon Network was a really warrior. big part of my childhood. Like, I, I Yeah, same, I loved man. a lot of yeah. the stuff from there. So this one just particularly makes me feel quite sad.
2: Fucking mm. Warner Brothers, man, they're stupid. They're just ruining things
5: over. for people. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean I I will say Warner Bros. are still doing some good animation and they fun are, and yeah. kinda out there stuff as well. If they carry on and doing it, fine.
5: But doesn't seem like I would say given that given be their behaviour over the last yeah. four months, like it doesn't it's not even that long. It's just it's been a kind of cyclone of it, it, bullshit.
0: It keeps coming out Oh, this is it now, nothing else is gonna happen, and then a month later you find out that something
5: else is happening, so
2: Man, where's that Samurai Jack re- uh, remake as well? Come on. Oh,
5: that'll be cancelled. That, you know that's going to get cancelled straight <sighs> oh, away.
2: Fucking Samurai Jack's one of the best shows ever made, and people slept on it.
5: Again, another Cartoon Network <sighs> one.
2: Yeah, exactly. Fucking joke, man. Ugh, <sighs> sort your shit out. Yep. Next up.
4: Next up, Blink 182 fans. The band's classic lineup returns after near, nearly a decade away. Link 182's Tom DeLonge, yep. <laughs> Mark yeah, Hoppus, Travis Barker reunite for world tour and new music. Abbey Jones and Alex Young. Um, Where are workers.
2: you? That's them innit? You like, heard the new song? Link
4: 182.
2: No, nope. I, I don't
0: like, them like them a fucking
5: shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really bad. I'm I not listening to it, but I'm right still going to try and get with...
0: tickets because I really want to go I see I them, them live. So Why do you, you want to see them live? I from them? I want to see I've never seen
2: them live before. Dumb,
3: dumb.
0: I
2: remember that song where they were running naked down the street. Is that a what's new my age
5: again? No, <laughs> no, that was one of their <laughs> first hits. That one, fuck knows, mate. I don't like it. Was 1998 was it? Shit, something like that. Oh, 1998. It's from
0: what? The only one I know. It's from uh, that was in a mirror of the state. It's like yeah, 2000.
5: Oh, this or something like something like that, yeah. What was used across so a lot. Like, my mates, are, a stuff. lot of my
2: mates are proper, like so fucking buzzing for this, and I'm happy for them. If you get me, I, I, I like when people get what they want,
3: mm. and
2: I hope people. I hope it's not touted to fuck and I hope people get to see them because I say it will be. By all accounts, th- these these are not like young men anymore are they? So
1: it's going to be a stampede of 35 to 40 year olds.
2: Yeah,
1: it's going to be great. Yeah, Creaky knees, but... a lot. I think. these yeah. probably...
4: everywhere. What's a stampede then?
1: <laughs> yeah, make a slow trundle towards the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Open up that
2: mosh bit. We can't. As fucking back's a...
1: a gentle push bit. But I think they're headlining. Did I see? because they're doing that um, When We Were Young festival again in, yeah, uh, in Vegas. And I think, they're, um, I think they're playing that as well. What's
2: that festival? What's that about?
1: Um, it's a lot it's, of bands
5: from the early 2000s.
1: Really, really good lineup. If well, Come on. What what do you
2: what do you class as really good lineup? I'm ready for this. Well, I
1: mean, I'm not interested in it, but
5: you were looking at at going (laughs) right. Okay, when we were young, festival. So headline by Green Day and Blink 182. Not
0: next year's, Green Day. Next year's is really punk pop. Yeah, no, I like Green Day. This is the the
5: 2023 one, which is all sold out. Um, also including The Offspring Good Charlotte, Five Seconds of Summer, 30 Seconds to Mars. Thrice rise against, <laughs> Ocean you know. City soundtrack, bowling for soup less than Jake. Some forty-one, simple plan. You found glory. The Front day the fuck e- ever band.
3: The fucking
0: ever band is that? Most of those uh-huh. bands are a lot better than Lana Shaw. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Oh god, yeah. they've mm. even pulled Phoenix TX yeah, she, out of the. You can out actually, of the actually sing along to him. <laughs> and I lit, can sing to, along to Lana Sharp quite of, easily. Lit of oh, one song. Not count. Lit. I remember lit. Yeah, <laughs> like my own worst enemy. Evidently. Yeah,
5: I remember that. The this year, of- this
0: wow. year is um, the emo, the emo year, and next year is the punk pop year. The my Chemical
2: Romance and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, well, they're headlining, so it's My Chemical Romance, Paramore, um, I think Fallout Boy are
2: there, that kind of stuff.
4: Hmm. I'll,
2: I'll wait. I'll oh, wait for shit. the death metal, the death metal version of that, please.
4: Yeah, put Maybe. me down for a ticket. We've got.
5: When we've got Marty's headline here, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would that, go to that. Um, <laughs> to be honest, that pop that pop, one, that, that pop punk yeah. one. I had so so many albums of those bands. I kind of actually would like to go to that one. I'm taking the, the piss. changed changes of
2: mine now, look. <laughs> like I'm,
5: I'm a am a I love pop punk. We were on the verge. always say like, the verge. Even, to even if the you don't like,
2: even like, if you don't like the bands, when you go to a gig, like, the atmosphere is still electric. It don't. It doesn't yeah. matter, man. I've I've been to see I've been to see like Aber tributes that I've been up and fucking head banging. You know what I mean? It's fucking. It doesn't matter where you're going. It's, if the atmosphere is electric, it's fucking still a sensational evening.
1: And it's in so. Vegas. There's other things and to do if you don't like it.
2: What happens in Vegas stays in <laughs>
1: Vegas, baby. I mean,
5: I mean, I mean for this specific lineup as well. You know, thirty seconds to Mars are playing. Oh, just, just, go and, just go, just just going bottles of piss. <laughs> Do people actually like
2: that band? I know it's it's got the um, the, I the fallen star <laughs> himself <laughs> as as the uh, lead singer. I, I do. I've oh, seen him I live. they have
1: got some good bangers, That's aren't some, they? That's yep. the irritating. Mm. Yeah. The, Two they, or do you think three. He dresses as
2: Jesus. Okay. He dresses as Jesus, doesn't he? Yeah, they, they, they have, they have their cult island. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so fucking. I think he knows what he's doing. Really, I think he's a genius. I don't like him. I think he's a fucking genius. He knows what he's doing. He's getting all the disciples ready to pay for t-shirts. He's oh, speaking of letter, um. Uh oh! After
0: obviously doing his Gucci House of Gucci accent, he's now signed on to <laughs> do. It, me. He's now signed on to do the role of a German fashion designer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so he's going from
0: Italian to
5: German. Oh god! Oh, he's sexy. He's he's, good. he's going to wander around like one of the fucking Germans from Alo Allo, isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's going Yaball all the time. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> that's oh, fucking God
2: brilliant God. I think he's I think he's a genius that I hate you know what? I'm glad I'm glad he exists because I love hating him he's a fucking yeah. stupid
4: genius how they didn't ask him to do the voice for Mario I'll never know he
2: probably did and he probably did it too well and the thought we can't have that Jared we can't have that you're too good you're too Italian <laughs> It's I
0: want, I want, I want um, Mark Commode's impersonation of Jared Leto's Italian accent as the voice of Mario.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a beauty. That's all of a TikTok, that is fucking fantastic.
4: So, so is that it, Biggie? No, uh, sadly this week we've uh, had two um, retirements um, as two fantastic screen presences have passed away of Angela Lansbury at 96 and Robbie Coltrane oh, at 72. God.
3: Those Absolute
2: titans mm. of mm. the industry. Mm. Like Cracker. is Cracker, isn't it? Oh, I love yes. Cracker. Cracker was so fucking sen- Like me growing up. Like, Do you know when, when, you, when you're young and you, your parents put something on and you think, I hate this, and then after a while you're like, I am into Cracker and I'm 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was one of them. Same with Heartbeat. Ah. I used to fucking love Heartbeat even though I was a kid.
4: I used to like Angela Lansbury and uh, Mellis, she wrote as well. It was quite oh, an entertaining sh- show.
2: <laughs> Have you ever watched that recently? As mad as, as it was. Like, it, no, mate, murder she wrote fucking genius. It's like how how they came up with the actual the killer or the murderer or whatever to solve the crime. It's just batshit. It's just as, it as if was, she's got like was. Eldritch powers. She just can see through people. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't human. She's sensational I,
0: um, in that. I found some got some great facts about her this week but that she has nominated for an Oscar for a first film role. Gaslight. Head knobs and broomsticks. Oh. No, gaslight. <laughs> Yeah. So that's pretty impressive to, for your first like film feature yeah. to be nominated for an Oscar. And also that when she found out that her daughter had been mixing with this weird person that she didn't agree with, she up mm. and moved her whole family to Ireland. And it turns yes. out that that person that her daughter had been mixing with was Charles Manson.
5: Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Well... She called. Good it. instincts, then. Yeah. Good instincts. Good, yes. Very, very
0: mm. good instincts. And but it was funny because we talked about the Empire podcast as well. I was like, "How she didn't just move them to like a different part of America."
2: She went, "Nope." And just to make sure that her daughter did not fall in with this crowd, <laughs> she just up and moved to the other side of the world. There's no way Charles Manson had a passport anyway. He no
3: would have given <laughs> one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I obviously know. Uh, you know, for me, it's like Mrs. Potts as well. Like yeah. when I was a kid, yeah. and but Robbie Coltrane. I first saw. I think my first memory of him was in Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. And then, yes. and then yeah. for Hagrid, like, yeah. he is—he's perfect at Hagrid. Like, that's how you see Hagrid. And that's when I read those books to my daughter. I just played Robbie Coltrane's Hagrid. I that because he did such a good job yeah, of portraying that character. <clears throat> and there was a documentary that came out at the start of this year. Where it was all like looking back on Potter after twenty years and he sat there and his last bit he sort of talks about is he said, These will live on forever and paraphrasing here, and he said, um, fifty years time, Hagrid will still be here. He's like, I won't be here, but Hagrid will. And when you kinda of <sighs> look and he's been ill for quite a while now, apparently, for the last few years. And when you yeah. look when you watch that clip back now and kinda of <clears throat> see his face, and it's like one of those moments where he kinda of realizes that his time is actually coming up. And it was really mm. sad to sit and watch that. So, massive,
2: massive yeah. body of work. Psh, yeah. Absolutely. So Titans, wasn't there? Yep. Mm. Um right. Well
3: it's been a
0: bit of a bit of a shitty and somber news this week, hasn't it? Not much good stuff really, but uh mm. just so happens to be one of those week, unfortunately. Uh yeah. so we're gonna get into the Nexus and talk about what we've been up to. Try and cheer ourselves up and cheer you all up. So first up, <laughs> we will go with Gadget. Gadget, what have you been doing?
5: Uh, well, uh, ugh, plenty of things. Um, main thing, however, is my Steam Deck arrived this week. So as is tradition, oh. when someone buys a Steam Deck and you've glued yourself to the Parcel Force tracking for a week for it to get delivered from the <laughs> Netherlands, yep. um, you, you install everything in your Steam library <laughs> and try it I'm all out playing. and see what works. Um, We've not played anything for a, a, a long, long time yet. Well, to, to, to be fair, I'm, I've honed in on kind of three things that that I am playing, and I'm just kind of cycling through them. But this will be stuff that I go go towards the finish one. Um, on. So the three things I've been playing. Um, so I wanted to get into the emulation side of it because Steam decks are very good for emulation. So the first emulator game I'm playing is it's a game I don't know if any any of you have heard of it. It's a little one went under the radar. It's called Metroid Prime. Never
1: heard
5: of it. Ooh. Nah, nah, sorry. Uh, Some shite Nintendo game,
2: I presume.
1: Well,
5: you Probably. See,
2: I, I, bet, I, I, I bet it's a fucking girl that you play as as well. Oh, it
5: is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a gun for an arm and everything. It's so unrealistic. Gross. And they're like, women have guns these Ugh. days. Proper sci-fi. <laughs> Just can't shoot. We all know that. No, um, so I never had a GameCube and I never had a Wii, so I never really got to play Metroid Prime at all, ever. And I didn't actually really properly play a Metroid game until last year when Dread came out. Um, but everyone talks about these being the greatest things since sliced bread, and fuck me, it's really fucking good. Prime's um, great in it. Really <laughs> it's so good. Well, the thing is, <laughs> so well, uh, with the the way that you emulate things on the Steam Deck, and um, this one's using a program program called Prime Hack, which is a modded version of the Dolphin emulator. So this one puts yeah. some new stuff into it. So it gives you the full 60 frames a second, gives you up-res textures and like upres at the size of the screen. It also gives you twin stick aiming, which the original which didn't, you didn't have. Get so it feels like a modern shooter and it actually really does feel like a modern shooter it's so good and so fast and the the levels are so intricately laid out it's absolutely unreal um mm. the second one i started playing was uh because you know i like my turn-based tactics a view moving move my little pieces around squares uh, i've been playing warhammer 40k mechanicus which is a mm. uh it's a nerd yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's, Nothing. it's basically Warhammer's take on XCOM. And you are playing as uh the mechan- uh, uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus, which are the tech priests and the sciencey guy guys within the Warhammer forty K lore, who are all kind of mostly machine with little bits of person still attached to them. They've like modded themselves from cyborgs so much that they are more machine than anything. And you are like taking on the half network. machine, half candy. <laughs> sort of, yeah. What? <laughs> Look at her face I
1: was pouring, I was pouring a drink.
5: <laughs> I was pouring more syrup. Um and it's Oil. it's basically it's if you enjoy XCOM two, you'll enjoy this. It's very it's it it's dungeon hunting. Oh, I'll say and that. I don't want to it, don't have to buy it, mate. We can get it on the screen. Don't wanna have to buy it. get it on the screen. I know it's it's a really I good game, you'll enjoy it. it. Uh, and the other one Gosh, the, the You'll enjoy one it when on... you get your Steam Deck Hoodles. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. The one the one that I've played the most of, however, that I'm enjoying. And I don't know why I've 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 launched on this one because I could play I could play it on my PC. I could play it on any number of things. It's a simple game, but I've been playing Cuphead. <laughs> um Cuphead's sensational. Yeah, and I've had Cuphead for ages and never really kind of clicked with it. Like it never like always enjoyed it when I tried it, but just got to a point and I just kind of put it down. I'm I'm now, for the first time, I've now gotten to kind of the end of the first of the three islands in it. And cup- nice. Cuphead's, gr- Cuphead's so fucking good. It's made by a company, a uh, developer called Studio MDHR, and it is a boss rush game. Um, and the thing, with, the thing with the game is it's it, it, it's, it hangs entirely on its art style uh, because mm-hmm. it's designed to look like, um, is it Max Fleischer films? Fleischer, yeah. yeah. Uh, and everything is hand animated. Everything is in that kind of 1930s, 1940s cartoon style. It is it, it's a bullet hell at times, it's cripplingly difficult on some of the fights but what I discovered, so the Steam deck has four buttons on on the back of it if I just map one of them to fire, I can just hold that and never have to take my finger off jump and map one of the buttons on the back mm. to dash I'm cheating at this game, I'm finding it so easy because I never have to move my thumbs <laughs> <laughs> it's, not,
2: it's not cheating if it's a, if it's an accessibility option, yes. pal. don't worry
5: about that mate Well yeah, it it's it, it, being able to be constantly holding fire without having to like move my fingers, or move my thumb around Come to on. like jump or dash or anything like that has basically made the entire start of the game trivial. Um, but it is good. The soundtrack is is amazing. The art style is fucking gorgeous. It's so beautiful. This game one
2: of the best looking games ever made. Yeah,
5: and and I think it's the combination of the art style and the way it's animated. Everything's very elastic and flexible and very expressive. And boots have faces for some reason. Um, because bullets have faces. Bullets have faces like. at times. <laughs>
2: um, and it, i mean—who do you mean? Do you mean as Cup Cuphead or Mugman? I'm Cuphead. You got to go with oh, the Mugman of main. It's perfect that. A, I like Luigi better than Mario.
5: It's just it's the kind of guy I am. And yeah, I know, but you're more of a follower than a leader. That's right. <laughs> I don't share Luigi. Well, Luigi's back
3: Yeah.
5: Um, but yeah, it's 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 been out for years. It's on everything. I think you can even get it on iOS. You can no no, 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 sorry. Um, Mac OS, you can get it on it. It's it's on the Mac. It's it's that ubiquitous. You can buy it on a fucking Apple Mac.
2: Are you thinking about getting the delicious last
5: cast? Because I think it's some of the best levels they've done. Yeah, well, if if I get it finished, I will. Yeah, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. And it's I think what's making me love, love it most on the Steam Deck is you can pick it, it. It only takes like each boss fight. When you beat the boss fight, it takes you a minute, but it yeah. takes you an hour to get to that minute. But it's good to just <laughs> pick up the deck and play it, and then put it back down again. You know, it's it, it's like it's almost like it was designed to be a handheld game without really considering it. Yeah, it's the power of the deck. So good, the power,
0: power of the deck, of the deck in your
5: hand.
2: But I, get your deck the, out the,
0: the, the, for the lads. Honestly, it's it's so good for that. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely you love just, this you just Steam pick deck. it up and play like twenty minutes or something. But. Because you're not going to go fire your PC up or like set you know set it up on your your TV and you know if your other half might be watching some TV but you want to sit there together you can just you're not bothered you just want to kind of be in the same room you can just do that you mean you want to use her
2: ass as a pillow like I do
0: yeah uh, (laughs) also the the only thing
5: the the main reason for me getting a Steam Deck is my gaming PC is in the place where I work so Mm. if I want to play video games on the PC I've got to sit in my office and play them and it's just Mm. like I'm trying to. With working at home, it's just I need that separation from it. So, most of what I would play on the PC will run on the deck fine. Like, I'm not buying new games on the PC, like, AAA stuff I'm buying on the consoles because I have a PS5 and an Xbox yeah, exactly. and exactly play it on a five year old PC, you know. But the not for Gotham Knights, though, yeah, the, but the quirky <laughs> indie stuff or the stuff that just doesn't come to the PlayStation, the stuff that kind of doesn't really work that well, like CRPGs. Um, you know, yeah. like I test out Disco Elysium and Pathfinder and stuff like that, and they work really well on it. So that kind of stuff, I will play on the day. And I've got the... this By the time the settle will have arrived, I've got the dock the stock coming, so I can get it up on my telly as well. Mm. So, so get your fucking Switch sold now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. If I hadn't been long if long if long. full of cold this week, I would have already sold it.
3: Get
0: the thing like I found, it. It, found great with it as well is not just the little games you mentioned, but it is like the kind of the backlog of all the games where it's cheaper on Steam. You just get it on there. Like, Does it work on Steam Deck? Yes, it's £3. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it. Do you know what I did this week? Because I'm an idiot. And I'll probably never play half of them anywhere. So I was gifted a Resident Evil 5 code. Right. And so I went and bought Resident Evil HD, Resident Evil 0, Resident <laughs> Evil 6, Resident Evil 7. Because <laughs> you had with a complete t- set. I already have 2 and 3. Um you so should mate. I haven't bought 4 because the remix coming out and that will Yeah, yeah. What I probably will do is play that on the console and then when it becomes cheap on Steam, whack it on there.
2: So Yeah, that's that's the correct way to do it. I mean, just cost me like, like cost me I, like 12 I, quid to get all of them or some like cheap, you know, foreign codes. So the, the thing is consoles don't have humble bundles and stuff like this. So mm. it's it's a no-brainer for a consumer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want one just so I can do I can have that clout post on Twitter that I've got one,
3: and then I'll <laughs> yeah. sell
0: it.
2: Well, I, I, I finished
0: <laughs> played and finished Monkey Island on it, and I probably wouldn't have t- done it as quick if I was sat on my PC doing it.
2: Cause, yeah. Like you, when we went to the Podcastle, you, you wanted a couple like an hour away from everyone, so you sat and played deck on your own, mm. played with your deck. Dick Got your mate, deck out. I love, I love these puns. I
5: love them. Yeah, <laughs> <Brilliant>. but, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I bought the, I bought the Steam What's Deck and I play a lot of video games. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, speaking of video game, I shall go next. Um, like I said, then I completed Monkey Island. Fantastic. Absolutely loved it. So good. I didn't think it. Game of the Year s- contender. Duck the landing, but then Gadget kind of said something to me. I went, actually, yeah, that does really work really well, and actually does mm. work. And I, I kind of come around to Gadgets. Thinking on it. yeah. Um, So far, yeah, for me, definitely. I, I still haven't completed Elden Ring yet, so I can't really. You probably won't. I will do, just not any time <laughs> no, soon. No, I mean, not not this year. Not this mm. year. Oh, definitely not this year. There's too much other stuff coming out. Yeah. So what I have been playing is a game that I've been looking forward to playing for ages, and I got a review code for it this last couple of weeks ago because it came out on Steam, is Kena Bridge of Spirits.
2: Ooh. Ah, yeah. Ooh.
0: So, Kena: Bridge of Spirits is an action adventure game by Ember Lab. It was released on the PS5 and Epic exclusively, but it's just recently come to Steam. And uh, this was a game that I remember seeing way back at one of the early state of players, and really liked the look of it. And so far, my time with it hasn't disappointed at all. Uh, the nice. so the game is set up in that um. Deceased people can remain between the physical and spirit worlds if they are traumatized or feel unfinished. And the task of the spirit guide, keener, is to help them move on. So you play as Keena the spirit like guide. Not not really. That's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, so What's that of the day? The game pretty much throws you in like head on into this world. Like there's not much of a backstory. Um other than some kind of text explaining what the spirit world is and like gives you a bit of exposition but not much. And then from there you just take control of Keena and you're kind of thrown into the forest and you see that it's been corrupted with this rot. And then like kind of within the first five minutes you meet this masked spirit you find out like is the reason for this corruption. So you know that he's just gonna he's gonna be the end boss, basically. You don't fight him there, he just kind of Fucks off, and you fight some of his minions. Uh, so it's like a short but brief introduction to the game, and then you're on your way. Uh, first things first, this game is absolutely stunning. It's beautiful to look at. Um, I've predominantly been playing it on my PC because it doesn't run as well on the Steam Deck. It is verified for the Steam Deck, but it really struggles. Like, frame, second, it's fine, but there's a lot of texture popping, and uh, some of the jagged edges around so when you move like a hair looks a bit f- right. funky so if you could play it on a ps5 or on a really good pc play it on that because you'll get more out of it uh, graphically um so yeah it's this ember labs this is their first game and they're actually an animation studio and it really shows because this game looks like studio ghibli and pixar had a baby <laughs> like, it looks amazing. Like, everything around it, like the character design and all the kind of the forest and all the little
5: details and that's really beautiful. Uh, the then, music I, I, as well. I think, I think when it was revealed, that was because we, we saw it at, the, at a PlayStation show thing. I think yeah. that's, that's what we said. It looks like if Pixar made a video game.
0: Yeah, it pretty much does. Like, one of the characters I, I bumped into tonight, he took off his mask and was like, he looks like he's straight out of a modern-day Pixar film. So, um the music as well absolutely amazing uh, it kind of it features what is the traditional balinese musicians and it's got a mixture of like bamboo instruments like rain sticks um xylophones wind chimes violins panpipes, all that kind of like really beautiful atmospheric stuff you'd expect for a forest game to do with you know it's dealing with spirits yeah uh the game the game's quite linear it like it, it is It's not groundbreaking, this game. It is quite straightforward, but it's still really fun. And the story and the visuals and the music kind of pull you through it. So the game is linear in its approach, but it has like open world, not open world, it's like more open map areas and various different sections. You know, like an old 2D Zelda game where you kind of move from, all of a sudden you're in a village and then you'd go over to this area of the map and you're in like a desert. But the game was always pushing you in a linear direction, really. So it's kind of like that, but then it also invites you to look in all like do discover things like so you look in all the like, nooks and crannies and climb down ledges, and you find like these little creatures that are also called rot. They are little blacks like sprite creatures that help you out. So, what they can do is they help you in fights, they help pick up objects, move things. Um, you can also get them to interact with. I can't remember what it's called now, but there's this orb, and it helps you kind of destroy the red rot. They're little cute creatures, um, perfect for selling merchandise. You know what I mean? But there, they look like those. Have you seen Spirited Away, they look like the suck creatures in that. Mm. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you, you find, you, when you're kind of traveling around, you find them, you find gems and spirits. Like, the gems and the spirits help you unlock abilities, like clothing mm-hmm. items, so you can buy, like, little cute hats for your rots. So, I've got little rots running around with like mushrooms on the head, little fox ears, uh, oh little, like, God. uh, um, uh, flowers and stuff. That, they're a proper little cute, and you can sit down and play with them as well. You can dance with them and, and like sing to them and stuff like so that. Have you just been stuff.
2: playing this game going, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty
3: much? <laughs> 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 I'm on the,
1: about to go on the pre order screen right now, I think. When's when it actually coming out? It's out. it's out for
0: about a It's only just come to Steam. It's out on a lot of things, Oh, okay. It? Yeah, so I've been playing it on Steam. Uh, but yeah, you do have like little side quests. They're not like side quests that you're given. You might, you'll pick up like an item and it says, like, return this to a spirit's home and it helps them release them from, you know, it's that's the reason that they're still stuck in this world because they're missing that item at their home. You drop it down, it kills the rot and, you know, sends them on the way. And you've got teleporters situated around so you can kind of fast travel between the different areas if you want to go back and like discover stuff. Because you, if you load up the map, you go to an area, it does tell you, like, there's so many rots here. There's so many chests. There's so many gems. It kind of tells you <clears throat> if you're a completionist, you know, you yes. can go off and, you know, explore and do that. Um, like I said, it's quite simple formulaic, but um, it does have, and I hate doing this because this is a modern day thing for everything, but it does have a hint of the Soulsborne to its combat. Ooh.
2: Everything's got to.
0: The controls are when mapped identically from, from games. So R1 is light attack, R2 heavy. You've got L1 is block, lock on with R3B to roll. Uh good. Keena effectively has like a stamina bar for when she's blocking. Uh, but that's about it. That's all you kind of get. The similarities to Soulborns. Um so don't let like if you are a Soulborn like fan, don't let that put you off. Why not? It is literally just kind of the you know the um combat that's kind of similar because it's clearly taking inspiration from other games like i mentioned already like 2D Zelda's souls for the combat the platforming is very tomb raider reboot esque like jumping up and down plat like uh, ledges and jumping over and grabbing onto things uh i'm playing on normal as well and it's still quite difficult in areas so it's it's got a good variety like you can there's like five different difficulties on it And one's just a story mode. I think where you just go around and it's like one hit kills on stuff. Uh, But yeah, I'm just really, really enjoying it. Uh, The boss battles, they also feel really distinct. There's plenty of them in there. They all have great music. And what I do really like about this is some of the bosses come back into just regular combat. So the first boss that I struggled with to start with, that kind of baddie just turns up randomly with all the little minion kind of baddies now. But because I've defeated him and I know how to defeat him, now I, I know when his tells are and I can just kind of whoop his ass really easily. Oh, they really it's have been I can... playing FromSoft games. Yeah, so it's a nice way to <laughs> to bring it back. Yeah, so this is Ember Lab's first game, so you can tell that's probably why they've lifted elements from a lot of other games. Just because vi- visually, they know how to do it, but game play-wise, you know, they're probably still learning and just lifted things. Let's take that, 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 and that and put it into this game. But yeah, really good. I really enjoy it. Um I recommend if you've got a PS5, probably play it on that, unless you've got a beefy PC. I've just bought it, mate.
1: I have too, literally, so. as you were talking. <laughs> so yeah.
2: So cheers for that. That's me. Oh, um. I
0: keep forgetting oodles.
2: On <laughs> well, oodles, <laughs> what have you been doing? I've been lied to, mate. I've been lied to by the gaming um hype machine. Um, Super Meat Boy is one of my favourite games of all time most favourite precious love Super Meat Boy everything about it Um, a sequel came out I don't know if it was this year or last year called Super Meat Boy Forever they lied to me guys
5: it's not a real it's not a proper game is it
2: it's not fucking it's an endless runner
5: yep Why was I lied to like this? I'm fuming. (laughs) To be fair, there there, there was a lot in that, the marketing, a lot of people were pissed off because the marketing didn't say this is an endless runner. It was always marketed as another Super Meat Boy game. I'm fucking fuming. I'm
2: absolutely fuming. I started playing it this morning thinking, yes, this is going to be good for for the Nexus. Love Super Meat Boy, I love everything about it. It's gone cheap. I'll get this. I've just been completely like, it was like 30 quid originally. I've got it super cheap and I was just, Full on lighter. It's not the main thing I want to talk about. I just wanted to bring it up because I'm, I'm filming. I'm. He f- doesn't mention it in the notes at all. <laughs> in, in the game <laughs> notes or anything. And I started playing. I'm like, oh, this must be the tutorial where it's it's running for me. But no, no. Super Meat Boy just keeps running without your input. It's a one button game. Great for accessibility reasons, but pissed off. Proper pissed off. Um, but yeah, the main thing I want to talk about is I finally finished one. Probably like. One of my top shows this year that um, not many people are talking about. We mentioned it on this show recently. So I know Candy's been watching it. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham. I finally finished it.
1: Yeah, Um me too.
2: this show is sensational. Now you don't have to be into football, do you, Candy?
1: Nope, not at all. I'm not in the slightest, but really enjoyable.
2: So it's a docu series chronicling the the purchase of and stewardship of uh, Wrexham AFC, um, one of the professional football. Football's oldest club, so it's Northern Wales. And they're in the Conference, or what? What they call the um, what do they call it now? They don't call it the Conference anymore. They call it the Vanarama National League, which is just a, a nicer name of saying you're the bottom, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> it's the, it's it's the lowest form of professional football in in uh, in Britain, um, to the point where some of the players <laughs> you make that sound like jobs. such a
5: derogatory way of saying it. it's like oh, sarcasm is the lowest form of humour. It's conference is the lowest form of football.
2: Well, it is, mate. Some of these players have to have two jobs just to support their lives. You know what I mean? They don't get paid a lot to do this. And um, I don't know if you've heard of these two gentlemen that have purchased this club. Um, a guy called um, Rob McElhaney, um, from a, a quite a nice show called Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We've never really talked about that show on this podcast before. <laughs> and a cute guy called Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if you've heard of him either. Um, but These two out. nobodies. Yeah, these two superstar billionaires decided to buy this club, and the show just like documents how how and why they bought this club. The main reason they bought it, it probably is hubris that they can. But then it, it slowly turns out to be these these men wanted to put something back into a community that were lacking. Like I think it was fifteen years they've been in this conference, and. The town of Wrexham was just on its ass because the fo- football was one of the main things about this town, and they—they they, basically they've been trying to turn it around for throughout the pandemic. That's the problem. They decided to do this just as the pandemic. It so f- as as us football fans know wasn't really good, was it? During the pandemic, there's not a lot of um, atmosphere. Let's just say in the stadiums for one um, or anybody. And yeah, it just basically—if you know about football, you know exactly what's what happened to Rexham AFC and stuff. And did they did they get out of the the division or not? I mean, it's up to you to either watch the film or you already know. But it's just a really good heartwarming tale where football's kind of the background of individuals that live around this place, and Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney themselves and stuff, and. I don't know. There's just something. There was something really endearing and special about it. Like they narrated it and stuff. And they took piss out of each other a lot, and this blossoming bromance that they got. Because these two not n- had not met when they bought the club. They'd not met in person, and and they met after they purchased the club. And it's just. I
4: know why. It's How like, did they? Why did they get involved in buying? Them? That's a bit I don't understand. It was Rob American.
2: It was Rob McElhaney's idea, and and were apparently. It doesn't go into why they chose it that much. It, it they just wanted something a bit not too expensive because it wouldn't have been that too expensive to buy a failing club. And yeah, it's a bit like a real life random. rags to riches. Like they, they even had to get like some players from higher divisions to take a bit of a a, a a dive and and join this club just to boost that club up and stuff. And then then you've got the the the, the, the players that are already in that team thinking oh they're getting paid more than me now so those new players that have come in they have to like ingrain themselves into the fabric of what that club means and it's not about this it's not about that and it's just i don't know there's something human about it and it's really slick and it's just a good document i mean like i'm fascinated to know what candy thought, even though she's not like football at all because there's a few episodes that is just a football match
1: yeah, there. I mean, like you said, that kind of is almost secondary. It's like Ted Lasso, isn't it? You don't need to like yeah. football, but what I really loved about it was the way that you can see it becoming like almost a joke between them. You know, oh, we bought this fo- football club; it's going to be really easy. Yeah. And then they like start becoming really, really passionate about it, and it does, you know, consume a lot of their time, and they they are over quite often, and you can see that they are actually invested in it rather than just you know just um, off the cuff, just do it for a laugh kind of thing. But they've obviously like, I mean. They've obviously brought in some really good sponsors for the team as well. I I noticed everything was totally sponsored by TikTok, (laughs) exactly, and um, aviation gin and everything. So you can understand why. I mean, I I don't know if it's some kind of like a a sort of tax write-off thing maybe for them as well in terms of advertising. But yeah, it it just blossoms, doesn't it, from from nothing really into the actual. It's the
2: fact that like when they got the club originally, the old manager was just shit, and they had to get Phil Parkinson, one of like English's one of lower league managers of, of quite renown and success, I had to get him to come across as well and take a pay cut. And everyone's just like doing a lot of sacrifice. They even got like Humphrey Kerr, who is an actor and he's been in some uh, Always something in Philadelphia episodes. They got him to be the director of the club because they didn't have anyone else to do it. So an actor is now the director of Wrexham Football Club. And it's still, to this day, they still own it. They didn't They're not sold up or anything like that. And it's still an ongoing thing. I think... The last episode is only at the end of last season as well. So, you know what I mean? It ended in 2022, and it's just – I don't know. I don't, I don't think you need to be – at all need to be into football. You need to be into people mm-hmm. to watch this. And like, I've been to Wrexham so many times. The town's a lovely town, but last time I went to Wrexham, it was run down and stuff. And by all accounts, that town is booming now. So what they've brought just to the community themselves – like. Everyone's wearing Deadpool clothes going around, do you know what I mean, walking around. It's like <laughs> they've been are like honored as honorary Welshmen and stuff like that, haven't they? It's it's fucking I I d I don't know, it's just really nice and it's a great show and it's it's ended and Disney Plus um had it on and it was I think it's FX that, that made it. And they did this lovely thing where they released three episodes a week. Yeah. <laughs> which was fucking sensational. There are a lot That's of episodes as well,
1: it. isn't there? There's about nineteen, yeah. I think, but they're all bites. Yeah. They're they're like twenty minutes each.
2: Twenty minutes. I think I think you should watch it, even if you're not into football. But if you are into football, there's some good, like, nail-biting moments. Like, trouble is, I'm into football, so I knew the scars before the actual... I knew what was going to happen, and I know what happened to the team and stuff. I was like, ah, it's a shame. But, yeah, it's just re- it's really good, and you really get to know the lads and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, watch it. Welcome to Wrexham. It's good. That's my main thing. Awesome. Yeah, I will watch it at some point, I think.
0: I think um, you'll love it. So Yeah, well it's just <clears throat> I like both Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, so and football. Oh they're in it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll get on there at some point. Biggie, what about you?
4: Well, I hope you're ready for this, because I have my finger on the pulse. I've actually watched you something up. current. I have. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I got Netflix to work <laughs> and everything. Did you did you go back to watch <laughs> Tickets
5: Paradise again? <laughs> yeah, you <he> went again.
4: <laughs> <No>. again. <laughs> Director's go no. <clears throat> So this week I have watched, this week I've been mostly, watching The Midnight Club, which is an American horror mystery thriller uh, on Netflix. It's by Mike Flanagan, who's involved with The Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass. Oh, shit, a new Mike Flanagan? Mm-hmm. Yep. When did this come out? Um, uh, about a week or so ago. Fuck off. And it's an adaption of the 1994 novel of the same name, and uh, it basically is set around a group of eight close, terminally ill young adults that reside in the Brightcliff Home Hospice, run by an enigmatic doctor. They meet at every midnight, um, each night, to tell each other scary stories. One night they make a pact that the first one to succumb to the disease is responsible for communicating with the others from beyond the grave, basically proving that there's something on the other side. After one of them dies, bizarre occurrences begin... It stars Imam Benson, Adia, Igby Rigney, Ruth Codd, Aya Furuk- Furukama, Anara Shepherd, William Chris Sumter, and Sorayan Sakota as the patients. Heldon. Heather Lagenkamp, um, if you remember her from A Nightmare on Elm Street, plays the enigmatic yep. doctor. Zach Guilford, Matt Beadle, and Samantha Sloyan have also have a, uh, recurring roles. The first episode of the series broke the Guinness Book of uh, World Record for the most scripted jump scares in a single episode of television, which apparently wow. counted at twenty-one jump scares. It was and all
1: it was really just one well. jump, though, wasn't it? Really? It, yeah, it's, it was really clever. It would though. not make you jump. <laughs> <laughs> if something's like constantly like jumping out at you. It yeah, kind of loses its effect yeah. a little bit.
4: Yeah, uh, but for me, it's kind of got Stranger Thing vibes because it's set in the early nineties with music to suit. And um, you get to really warm to the eight kids in the hospice. They all play their roles really well. Um, they all have terminal, different terminal diseases. Like um, the main character, she's got thyroid cancer. Um, there's leukemia, AIDS, or, or it's a real a mixture.
2: So it's a proper and, uplifting
4: um, show to watch then? Fuck
2: yeah, off. it seems it. So. Well,
4: <clears throat> you say that, but with the uh, standout turns from um, Iman, Igby, Ruth, William, Ion, Sereen for myself, the sadness of the, the young kids' illnesses is really dealt with the kind of like the right balance of sympathy and ownership. Because the idea is that with them being at the hospice, instead of them being all sad and sort of, you know, naturally having to deal with potentially their fate... They all sort of warm together and just sort of try to see each day out as a a fresh day that they're still alive. And I think it does that really well. The spooky tales are all told um, from the viewpoint of one of the characters with something similar to what's happening to them in life is relevant in the story. And each story is pretty cool. Um, The main character, Lonka, she basically kind of refuses to accept her fate and believes that the former resident was healed at the... um, home and she's searching basically for a cure for all of them but I really enjoyed it I've watched all 10 episodes I don't know you, did you finish it Candy
1: yeah
4: yeah, did you yeah. so <laughs> my only quibbles with it really is that it had a bit of padding in my opinion I think 10 episodes was maybe a bit too long and the endings a bit ambivalent as well it's just kind of it almost feels like it's set up for another series and I don't know if I want another series I felt That's like nice. it could have just been a one-off and just left at that.
1: I really struggled with the ending for that exact reason because there hasn't been another season announced and um, the writer came Mm. out and said, you know, because it does leave some unanswered questions. Uh, He says, well, if we don't make another season, I'll put it on Twitter and I just have one that works because like you said, Biggie, I think it works perfectly. And Mike Flanagan's recent shows, they all have been one season wonders, haven't they? They've worked really well. So it was a bit of a surprise that things weren't necessarily resolved. But uh, I'm surprised.
2: Go on, sorry.
1: I was going to say, in terms of, if you've been enjoying the recent Mike Flanagan series, like Haunting on Hill House Haunting, with a hill, um, <laughs> it's it. it's not quite, um, I would say it's aims more towards kind of a tween sort of, uh tweenager yeah. sort of market. It's it's not as scary as the most recent ones. Um, and I think that's why I also got the kind of Stranger Things vibes. But one mm. girl in particular, and I can't remember her character's name, but the Irish girl in it. Was just yeah, such a standout Andrew. actress, and Anya. I had to yeah, mm-hmm. I had to look her up on um, just to see what else she'd done. And apparently, they found her on TikTok. This is was this was her first acting job. They just, find me one day. Well, we can only hope.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of the youngsters are really good. I think, and a lot of them will go on to big roles, especially the lead as well. Iman Benson, she's fantastic. But I think a lot of I'm, them really do stand out. Well,
2: I'm really surprised this has come out because I thought his next project was Fall of the House of Usher
4: that's also um, coming out and actually stars a few of these uh, actors as well
2: is this is this a proper one of his Mike Flanagan it's just yeah. this has just come out of nowhere this mm. Mm, it did why the fuck what the fuck this is well, I, I've really this.
4: enjoyed it yeah it does give those Stranger Thing vibes it's kind of almost like it's been let's do something like that by using um, a novel based on um, something to base it on. But, yeah, I really thought it was quite cool. Some of the stories are quite clever, quite funny. There's quite a bit of humour in there at times as well. It's a bit more serious than um, Stranger Things, but it's along that sort of line. I'm yeah, oh, glad this is out.
2: I've got something to watch now.
1: It is worth watching watch. The stories, actually, that they tell, um, they're all based on the um, stories of the same author that wrote the um, the main book as well. I think it incorporates... Yeah, like, I've read elements. the book. Yeah, I think it incorporates... like. Something he's like he's
4: written twenty-seven books.
1: I think it incorporates yeah. something from all of them. I think that's what I read. Like every part of one of the books is put into this series. I read an anthology.
2: Series. I've read an anthology of uh, Midnight Club, and I've read uh, a, a, a modern take of Midnight Club as well. So I wonder if it, this is fucking, why is this just dropped out? Of thin arm filming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you got someone to watch this week. I see it's a nice yeah, present for you. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. a little present. I've earned
0: this. I'm happy I'm, I'm, you brought that up, mate. Thank you. It's because you've been busy. You haven't uh, noticed new stuff dropping. Yeah, that's probably it, mate. <laughs> Excellent. So, Candy, do you have anything else on top of that?
1: I do. I have a big opinion about something that I watched this week. I watched Clerks 3, and it's something you that idiot. I've been looking forward to, how dare you, for about 15 years.
2: Why do you keep giving that man money? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let me explain. So. Um, Clerks 3, obviously, is the third instalment. It's the third and final instalment in um, Kevin Finally. Smith's Clerks trilogy. Um, the first one was released in '95, followed by Clerks 2 in, or Clerks, I should say, being as we're in England, but Clerks, for argument's sake, in uh, 2006. <laughs> I think it's the seventh film in the Viewersk universe, which is basically the link sort of cinematic universe. Basically, every film... the original
2: cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. The Smith Basically, it's all the oh, films that Jay on. and Silent Bob are in. Um, <coughs> stars Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson Once again as Dante Hicks and Randall Graves And they're just joined by the usual Kevin Smith brigade, basically But
2: So they got him back though, because he, he said He'd retired him who played Randall, didn't
1: he? Yeah, and that was I bet
2: but, they've paid him a pretty penny
1: Well, I mean, possibly I know a lot of the actors came back after Kevin Smith did have his heart attack um,
3: Oh yeah, But well, I think sort
1: of, there's, yeah. there's also been several rewrites Of the script of Clerks 3 as well I think this is like the third iteration of a possible film and obviously this maybe is the one that struck a chord um so this one and um if you know anything about kevin smith you'll recognize some things here so the synopsis reads after suffering a massive heart attack randall enlists friends and fellow clerks dante elias jay and silent bob to help him to help him make a movie about his life at quick stop it's back in the quick stop guys it's not at movies this it's- year
2: is Elias the guy the one ring to rule them yeah, all? Is that him?
1: Yeah, that guy. is a
2: fucking great. That's a great joke. That, and they uh, like Clerks one and two. They,
1: they've uh, they've got him up in this one as well, and it's just absolutely. I just I just love Elias. I liked
2: him. It's you not know about the sex goblin or something like pillow that. pants. <laughs> pillow <laughs> pants. That's <laughs> it. That was fuck. I hadn't seen that film in about fifteen years.
1: Well, I just. Please watch it again because I absolutely loved this film. I love Clerks Three. I know Kevin Smith is not for everyone. I know not everyone's a fan. That's fine. But
2: just a reminder: the director of Tusk. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> He's got PTSD still. Um, but for me, this is—I would put this straight into his top three films. I, I don't want to put could. it above all, the original. All, all of
2: them being Clerks. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't put Clerks Two in his top three. Um, so, I wouldn't put it above the original clerks, but I think Dogma's probably looking a little bit worried. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I like
2: Dogma. I like Dogma's Dogma.
5: It's fucking I like great.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not like really it. sure how much it'll appeal to people that aren't already a fan of Kevin Smith or haven't at least kind of had a passing enjoyment of the previous two heard. couple of films. Um, the whole thing is basically like Easter egg the movie. But Kevin Smith, he really does know his audience. Like, he knows that he has a. Following of loyal loyal fans, and he plays directly to them. And I don't think he really particularly cares about appealing to a mass audience anymore. It it almost kind of feels like it's a family affair, like the fans family Shows it shows, it shows
2: that. that's that's true because he never releases his films on big big things now, does he? he just releases them in small doses, and yeah, yeah he, he definitely he definitely he releases the to the fans and yeah. all the fans with their bongs.
1: <laughs> Me, Bong. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that the fans are, are just as instrumental in this film being made as the crew. Like it's, uh, there's a couple of kind of for, like a fourth wall breaking wink to the camera wouldn't be out of place with all these Easter eggs and everything. And well, like,
5: there, speak isn't the one specifically in the trailer? Whether to whether because they're talking about those the filming clerks. And he's talking about, oh, we're going to put an alternative ending in where where a guy comes in and shoots Dante. Say, but why? What if you want to do a sequel? Oh, I'm not going to do a sequel. I'm not a hack. And then it just cuts yeah. to Silent Bob yeah. going, hey! Exactly. <laughs> pointing at the camera. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, talking about sort of knowing his audience. So the film opens with Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> so if, what the fuck? if any 30-something-year-old nerd doesn't get pumped Jeez. over that, then just what are you doing? But... The story itself, it does, it does something a little bit interesting. And again, it's very meta. Um, so during Randall filming his movie, they actually do go back and recreate almost perfectly, including being in black and white, the scenes from the original Clerks movie. And I think if you watch the new one, you'll probably go back to the original and then watch it in a slightly different way. Even um, the
2: scene where the woman fucks a cart.
1: That part is not included. There are, no, I um, think
3: so. <laughs>
1: there, actually, sort of mentioning that there was, um, there's things addressed in the new film um, regarding the original that, by today's standards, would be slightly problematic. And those yeah, things I are bet, actually, in, yeah, and those things are actually addressed in the oh, new film good. in quite a funny way. Some of,
2: some of the words, especially the uh, slurs, let's yeah, just say. Y- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again, it's kind of uh, self-aware in the way they did the um, the name. Tolkien in South Park, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, it, it does, kind of turns. Yeah. it kind of turns it around on you. It's like, well, if you if that's what you thought, then you're the asshole here. Um oh. but yeah, the, this the um, the humour is it's kind of noticeably less juvenile, I'd say, certainly than Clerks 2 was. Um, don't get me wrong, like Jane, Silent Bob are in it, so you do get your run of the mill Dick and Weed jokes. But it's bucks,
2: Little Man. Put that
1: <laughs> shit in my hand. See, so you know you're gonna see it. Um, oh God! But yeah, I if mean, it's
2: free, I'll see it.
1: It's not; it's nine ninety nine to rent. Um, nope. But, the, the, but yeah, the the more kind of cringe side of the Dick and fart jokes are certainly a lot more toned down. Um, I mean, but that's not really the point of the film. I, I genuinely think that Kevin Smith set out to write something that actually was like personal and how it felt to him. And as I said before, like certainly if you know anything about him, that you'll know that he himself had a massive heart attack. um before a show, I think, about um, five years ago. Didn't he, like, beti- officially
2: die or something?
1: I don't think so, but the, the type of heart attack he had is called a widow-maker because men that suffer this particular type of heart attack... They fucking die. They they just die. They have something like wow. a 10 20% chance of survival. And I remember him talking about it, actually, on his podcast just a couple of weeks after it happened. And he mentioned how he actually never had any of the sort of classic symptoms of a heart attack, for example... He never felt any pain. He just kind of couldn't catch his breath, and um, both of these both of these things are mentioned in the film. So when Randall's having his heart attack, he he mentions he doesn't have any pain. He just you know there's no point in being there. He just can't catch his breath.
2: Didn't he like really get into shape as well?
1: Kevin Smith did, yeah. And yeah. Arguably not the healthiest way of doing it because he, he does went do extreme vegan, sort of didn't he? Extremely vegan, and he does these two week. Um, Complete first as well. So
2: yeah, uh, um, there's a lot of people doing that in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, I mean it's obviously worked for him, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, certainly without a doctor's approval. No, definitely not. Um, But I remember him saying on the podcast that it was (laughs) he 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 was high at the time when he had this uh, heart attack, and the doctor said to him, "This is what's going to keep you alive. It's going to keep you calm." Um, So yeah, does this
2: mean that that, that's your excuse to smoke my exactly? (laughs) It saves me
1: from a heart attack. Fair
2: um, enough,
1: but yeah, no, I mean, a, a you do,
2: you, sweetheart.
1: <laughs> it causes and prevents the heart attack, um, but yeah, no. Just um, <laughs> to finish off, it it does carry just to be warned. It carries a, a moderate to severe mascara warning, um, especially if you've ever worked with one of your best friends. There's also, and I, th- it seems like a lot of people have missed this, but there's a a mid credits uh, note from Kevin Smith um, that was originally supposed to be in the film, and it's quite a nice kind of poignant thing for him to say but he felt like the final scene was so nice without it he just put it in the credits um but it's worth listening to and if if you've ever worked in retail he mentions that something that i mean certainly for me looking back at my days of working in virgin megastore it really rings true and if you're feeling a bit down because you work in retail just have a listen to what he what he has to say
2: don't start fucking crying mate
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no really good really really good i loved it
2: Awesome. Yeah,
0: I'd heard that it. it's like, it's one for the fans. Yeah. It's yeah basically it's anyone who's a fan of his has been saying how much they really enjoyed it and everyone else who's ambivalent or
2: not that bothered to comment. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah. The original but, Clerks is a fucking masterpiece on that budget. I've never seen it. Oh, it's cinematic. That's good. It's gold, mate. It's absolute gold. And it's just all been downhill from there for me, <laughs> apart from Dogma, <laughs> which is the the black sheep in the because Dogma's a sensational play on the uh, on on the church, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's it's got a pan
4: actually. though, didn't it when it came out? I don't care; it's still a sensational yeah. film.
1: No, for I'm for just it. saying
4: that no one liked it, and then it's yeah. become a bit more of a cult hit.
1: Oh, all Kevin yeah. Smith films are like culty, but I mean he, Kevin Smith himself, like because um, obviously it's um, film to do with Christianity. There were a bunch of protesters protesting a showing at one of the premieres and he went out with them with a sign up
0: (laughs) he went out there with a sign up and protested
1: his own film catholicism (laughs) now
3: or whatever
0: it is yeah awesome brilliant right well thank you for everyone we're going to move on to our main feature of the week this week we are going to talk about our favorite horror villains Ooh, spooky Ooh, but we're going to do it across Sophie. everything so if it's from a game from tv from a film from literature it can be a villain from anywhere it doesn't have to just be films And we from are work. going to start with gadget
5: okay so um i wasn't always going to go to video games for this one because i don't really like horror films or books or anything like that so uh, i did think at first of maybe doing albert wesker but i think he's too easy he's got He's he's already got total global saturation. We're not going to bother with that one. Um, instead, though, I, I, I'm going to go for something which was massively inspired by Resident Evil. Um, but uh, a game series I... I don't know if I prefer it to Resident Evil, but I really do enjoy Dead Space. And we're going to talk about the Church of Unitology. So it's not kind of one person. <laughs> it's just this kind of conceptual antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because... Well, I don't like churches in general or religion or anything like that, and this kind of works for know, me. No, I've read your they're... book. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> Just because you
2: set fire when you cross the threshold of a church, don't put it on everyone else.
5: <laughs> well, this—I mean, this particular church is worse than the one I wrote in my book. Yeah. Um So the Church of Unitology are the, are the kind of the persistent antagonists throughout the Dead Space series. Um. They kind of get ruined by the third game because they become very overt, whereas in Dead Space 1 and 2, they're very, um, they're, they're more covert and they're kind of under the surface and everything's bubbling through. So this church was um, formed as a lie, essentially. They, the, the, if you go back into the Dead Space lore and you go back to the novel, uh, Dead Space Martyr, which talks about the first of these markers that were found, the markers are what create the necromorphs, the alien technology, that makes monsters for some reason. No one really knows what they're there for, but one of them is discovered on Earth by a scientist. They look cool. They do look cool as fuck. Uh, by a scientist called uh... God, what was his first name? Is it? Not, it's not Robert Altman. Is his name Elon Musk? <laughs> no. <I> mean... <laughs> <laughs> Although to be fair, if he if, if he found some kind of world-ending piece of technology, do I'm it, sure do he it. he would fucking use it. Uh, Michael, Aldman, sorry, not Robert Altman. Uh, yeah, Michael Altman discovers the is part of the scientific team that discovers this marker. Um, as per the as per the kind of the the law, these markers kind of infect your brain and kind of drive you mad until you die, and then it twists and converts your body into a monster. But Michael Altman was one of the few people it didn't affect. People started looking at him. People start getting very religious about this about what was going on and start seeing him as a prophet. He didn't believe in it. It were all mm-hmm. he thought it were all bullshit. Um until he was murdered by someone who thought he could make money out of the concept, and Michael Altman then became the prophet, the martyr, and the religion was formed from that. And it became a control and a money-making thing for um, a guy called Craig, Craig Markov. And it, it kind of went from there, so the Unitologists believe that the human race will eventually come together in one glorious whole in uh, uh, the, an event called Convergence, and basically, They want everybody to turn into these necromorph monsters and die and that (laughs) makes them a really fucking terrifying concept because as a religious teaching they teach of they teach everything quite positively quite like oh we'll all come together we'll all be the same we'll all be one another like they kind of teach fancy space communism but it's actually murdery monsterism um and (laughs) yeah one of the
2: failed political stances
5: yeah that's, it,
2: that's the pod title there.
5: What, murdery monsterism? Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the events of the first game happen because the captain of the USG Ishimura is a unitologist. Um, but that's not known to the rest of the crew. And, and it's kind of things where they get into positions of power they become very secretive about it. Like Scientologists! And <laughs> do you see it's all the oh. scary religious shit all coming together and they wear robes and all that kind of thing and talk about the horrible things. Yeah. Coming for you now, mate. There. Coming for you. I'm I'm going to read this this little paragraph from. um, This is from the uh, Villains Wiki. It's a a fandom wiki called Villains. Um, (laughs) Candy, I'm still going, if if you don't want to be spoiled. (laughs) Cheers. Um, It says Unitology's entire entire theology was written (laughs) to blind its adherence to any conceivable horror and to willfully submit Mm. to the power of the market even if it turned out that infection was the only true way to reach the eternal life it provided. The church was founded to prepare humanity for the upcoming event where another marker was to be founded and that that same marker would allow them to bring around the evolution that they had promised. Common unitologists are blissfully unaware of the true mission of the church and only the upper echelons are aware of such information and have access to it and maintain their secrecy even at the cost of their adherents and countless other people. So yeah, they're horrible bastards, Catholics. They're really creepy. Space Catholics, no, space Scientologists. Yeah, they're fucking horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, Unitologists, Dead Space. Also, I mean, play Dead Space when the when the remake comes out. It's really really good. Yeah, I'm, do, got, I'm got, done we, with we, spoilers. We, Candy, Candy, you can come back. Oh, now.
2: I was. going I, I to be naughty then and say, "Well, Candy's off"? Well, she's not listening. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Let's talk shit about her. Oh, she's here. <laughs> she's
5: back. <laughs> no, um,
4: yeah. I've I've read the um. The, the comics, which must be based on the books, by the sounds, yeah, way. I have mate. And, um,
2: I have what and I basic really enjoyed just that said in the
4: comics. Yeah, I really enjoyed that backstory. I thought it was really interesting I because it's I a shame the games that
5: the back backstory is not fully in the games. Mm. Now, there's there's some it's of ashamed. the stuff about Altman in the game, but most of it you get from Dead Space Martyr, which is a it's it which as video game novel adaptations go, is pretty good.
2: And most 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 of the the lore is. In the the, the the much loved Dead Space Three.
5: <laughs> oh yeah. Well that well that's thing. thing. Dead Space Three kind of ruins it because the Unitologists come out as Changes it, not it? The objective baddie. Whereas yeah. in the in the in one and two it's it's, kind of, it's more EarthGov that are the problem, but the Unitologists kind yeah. of like sliding in the side there. So but yeah, I think as a organization, I think they're a really cool and creepy adversary I do. for the player. Um, and just the, the, I love the lore and the storytelling of Dead Space anyway. So, uh, there's nothing scarier than a space pope. Oh, space popes are the worst. <laughs> Unless it's that lizardy one from Futurama. He's a cool dude. Yeah,
0: I like him. He's good. <laughs> cool. That was good because it was something a little bit different to just. What I'm going to pick Freddy Krueger, which is just a standard bad guy. <laughs> He's not a standard bad guy though. But I'm going to. I'm picking this. Because it comes from personal trauma of a six-year-old boy.
3: Oh,
2: no.
0: Who (laughs) was allowed to watch a TV series back when he was six years old by his babysitter, by his bad, irresponsible babysitter. I'll be sure (laughs) you're talking about. About a dancing clown called Pennywise.
2: (laughs) Oh fuck, you were six.
0: I was six years old. When Tim I watched Curry. Tim Curry played Pennywise Oof, the Clown.
2: Fuck
3: that, you idiot. <laughs> <it> well, not <laughs> you, but the babysitter. The
0: absolute shit out of me. To the point oh. where I had to have a night light and I couldn't sleep in the dark for about three or four years. <laughs> it was really fucked me up. Uh, but yeah, I wanna talk about Pennywise the Clown or it. Because oh, Pennywise Bob is just yeah, well, I was going to say, Pennywise is just one of its many, many forms. It is yep. a horrific and malevolent cosmic entity that is billions of years old, spawned in the void of the macroverse. Yep. It is a unknown number of centuries or even millennia ago. It came to planet Earth to feed, and it currently resides in the sewers of, when we meet it, uh, the New England town Derry where it awakens every 27 years to prey on the town's children and feeds on their fears. And it's just its ability to just prey on a child's fear and ch- change its shape and shapeshift around
2: that just fucking freaked me the fuck out. Um, so Shit. It doesn't matter. if If you feel like you're not scared of anything, it'll still untap that. That's the thing
0: in it. That's the thing about it, isn't it? You can't escape it. Yeah, you might. Its ability to yeah tap into the fear of the children. I think it it works better than both the TV series and the films
2: the first part with the children works so much better than, than the yes, adults. Yes. It's, mm. Same with the book, mate. The, the first half of the book is the better bit. But saying that the book's split, like, one chapter is the kids, one chapter is it's the book's fucked up. Yeah, because... It, like, splits I, it I, about all the As time. an adult
0: now, my fears as an adult are completely different... Debt. ...to my fears <laughs> as a child. As a child, if a werewolf or a mummy or the the leper that how you know how it's portrayed yeah. in the films like if that was coming towards me like Jeez, that would sh- I, i'd fucking yeah would shit myself that would scare the crap out of me the clown itself pennywise both tim curry's and uh bill skarsgård both are incredible as pennywise and they both have yeah. such different takes which is what i love about it but i i always find tim curry scarier not just because of my past with that uh TV series, uh, mini series, but he looks like a normal clown. He does. Bill Skarsgård no. doesn't. Bill Skarsgård looks like a demonic clown. He's got he, a big fucking he's head. He's got <laughs> big, massive head. He's got eyes that go in different directions. Yeah. His teeth are all fucked up, and he looks... His makeup and the, everything about him, he looks evil. He looks grimy. He looks bad. He doesn't look like yeah, a clown. the kids still clown. want to go up to him and go, hello. Yeah, whereas Tim Curry's clown is... A standard clown, red hair, white makeup, big red nose, yeah, beep beep, and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Come on, Georgie, (laughs) beep beep. (laughs) And yeah, it's. I think it is. Oh, Pennywise. It's just. It's. It just freaks me out. I don't like clowns. I never liked clowns because of this. And I think Tim Curry is just absolutely incredible because. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that like look at the scene when he's in the bath in the in the in the showers and he comes out of the yeah. drain mm. and he's just sat there, he's like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, like it's he's like normal. He's it's almost like this is normal. And then all of a sudden he just like opens his mouth and it's just this huge, massive razor sharp teeth. And it's like, ah, go away. No, it's horrible. <laughs> and then throughout the rest of the, the, the film you see things like a child getting pulled through a drain pipe cut in half and he pulls him the, the light pulls him through and it's it he, Pennywise represents to me the unknown because it can be anything mm. it literally the, the entity can be anything it wants and prey on the child's fear and that's
2: really scary to me and I think for me it's one of those rare villains that the the on-screen versions are better than the books, because in the books it, it's you know what Stephen King's like. He likes to have everything connected. Like, like the it, the creature, it's, its its mortal nemesis is the turtle god and stuff like that. Do you know, yeah. what I mean? it's just, I mean, yeah, it makes so no fucking sense.
5: Yeah, but that that, that was yeah. also peak cocaine years for Stephen yeah. King. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and he, he had to have everything linked, and it's it's also the, like the, the film and the TV pages shows or
5: something stupid like that. It's a ridiculous Oh, it's ridiculous, line,
2: and yeah. it's, it's got awful chapters to do with like. Child sex and stuff like that. That I mean, n- n- like between kids and kids, but we don't need that, no. <laughs> it's not needed. Uh, no, you know what I mean? It's no. and, and, and the show and the books, uh, the show and the films, they just nail it. Yeah, and what, what it's take. weird
4: that Stiggy mentioned about um, his age because at my daughter's school, one of the kids at the school knows about that clown that's fucked and, up, uh, and she's five, so this we talk about a five year old that's possibly <sighs> seen that.
0: No, nah, they all talk they about
4: Pennywise in the drain. It's just kind no. of... No, they talk about it. They yeah, know they, the no, name as well. They haven't seen
0: the film. They've seen YouTube and TikTok things.
4: Yeah, oh, okay, not, influencers. influencers. They haven't seen the I film. Because I was worried about not that. Chance. I was just kind of like, my, how do they know about yeah, that Yeah, my
0: niece knows about... My kids know about Pennywise. They just... Yeah, see it like they just know about the character. There's not a fucking chance any of them have watched the film. Not
4: I, really hope, I,
0: you're not, right, I
5: really hope you're right, mate. I really hope my, you're my, right. My nephew goes onto YouTube and just watches the kill compilations from horror films because he's not allowed to watch wow. the films. So he just watches. How old the kills is it? Uh, oh, he'd be twelve now, I think. He's been oh, doing it since he was a lot younger.
3: <laughs> I see. Oh no, no
5: thanks. But yeah, um,
0: what I actually love about Pennywise is clown is meant to be fun for a kid. It's taking something that's meant to be quote unquote safe and enjoyable and fun and it twists it on its head and it makes it horrific and it makes it a nightmare and yeah, I think the new version does an amazing job with the visuals and what they do with... Not the second one though, the second film's shy. Yeah, awful. Mm. What they do to, to scare the kids um the little things, just like when he's wandering around the room full of dolls and then all of a sudden yeah. Pennywise just pops out and chases him and, and he runs towards the camera. Like, that fucking freaks me out and I'm, you know, I'm not a child, yeah. but imagine being the child and that thing's running at you. That That is horrific. It's way worse than anything the likes of Freddy Krueger could ever do because he could only ever touch people Ooh. in his dreams. It, Pennywise, the entity, whatever, that thing can get you whenever you want, anytime and trick you into a situation and yet yeah, it for me is just it's an amazing villain. It. Amazing villain. So well so well done. But like you said, like in the novel maybe let down other in other <laughs> areas. <laughs> it's just Steve, it's just
2: Stephen King being Stephen fucking king. Yeah. Like yeah it it has to fight a space turtle to win. Yeah exactly. i <laughs> like the when fuck it, are you on? When it turns <laughs> into a spider at the end of Lots the Lots of gook. Like it's it's disappointing, but everything that leads up to it—the actual idea yeah, I agree.
0: of it—is yeah. brilliant.
2: The stuff with the uh, the deadlights is quite interesting because that's its truest form. It's just a bright light, yeah, and it's quite interesting. And how it, how it does in, it does it in the novel as well, where one of the kids, one of the bullies, sees the deadlights and he survives it, and then as an adult, he's fucked up and he becomes an adversary uh, adversary for a all. Yeah, it becomes that's like cool. a. Um, He gets him to, yeah, it's like act revenge on him. But
0: uh, that's also like using his kind of fear on the adult, isn't it? It's like, oh, Mm. almost like they're all all talking about you. They're all doing this and like this. Yeah. You know, you need to go out there and show them who's who and kill them and that kind of thing. That's the kind of fear as an adult rather than a big fucking sea giant wood chopper. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Pennywise, that's for me. What about yourself, Candy?
1: Um,. Well, so I really wanted to bring Hannibal Lecter this week, but I know I've just droned on and on about him several times before on the pod. Um, so I went with something different. and But just so you know, Hannibal's my favourite. Um, the irony being with my choice is that you never actually see the villain that I've chosen, and I'm going with the Blair Witch. And mm. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched this film this evening um, before the pod for a bit of research. And it's, it's probably been about 20 years since I'd last seen it, and I don't remember being spooked by it. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's like a particularly dark, blustery night or if I just live a bit too close to the woods, but I, it really gave me the heebie-jeebies this evening. It is
2: scary. It's still scary, man.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think the reason, that, well, the pure fact that you don't really see her um, is why she works so well as a horror villain. And some of the most effective horror f- films, um, for example, like Jaws and Alien, they don't show you much of the monster. They leave it up to your imagination. Um,
2: of oh, the happening.
1: The unhappening. <laughs> it's the weird. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's um, a, a group of three um, young student filmmakers head into the woods, head into um, the local town to interview um, the locals about this legend of the Blair Witch off they go into the woods and sure enough start getting lost because they're completely incompetent with a map it turns out. Um, but the days of them being lost in the woods is is basically spent with the dread of the nightfall and, and fear of the dark is just, it's instinctual and ingrained in all of us. Um, you know, what we can't see actually can hurt us. Like the, the forest itself feels alive with a demonic presence and it's, it's like it's like the woodland itself is the witch. Like she has this just permanent looming kind of omnipresence um, and it's just it's the element of the unseen that's what's so terrifying it's just your imagination is at play like no one knows your true fears more than you so effectively you're mm. actually just scaring yourself like whatever you can picture um, usually ends up being a great deal scarier than anything in reality like how many times have you seen a horror film um, and it's just shit the bed at the end because the monster reveal is actually just awful like it can ruin the whole the whole build up. And- yeah,
2: I had that with um, the ritual. I had that on uh, Terror on Blood Lake. Light <laughs>
1: because <laughs> it was doing so well up until the end. Yeah, yeah the, the was ritual was
0: very can. similar. It was the fear of the unknown and in the dark in the forest, and you can't see anything. And then right at the end, it was just like here's
2: the monster. And I was like, oh great. Yeah, It did that a lot with some books. I've like some, especially Lovecraft books, where it's like. All the all the losing your mind stuff's fantastic, and then at the end it's
4: a big space squid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mmm. yeah. Candy, well, actually, have you got th- the um the Blu-ray or the DVD of it? No. Have you seen the documentary that was part of the DVD set?
1: Yeah, it's if really I good. Have, if I have, it wouldn't Be- have been for about twenty years. It's really good because
4: I, I showed my wife the documentary first because it was on the Blu-ray, and. I showed a documentary first, which is the same people but interviewing people in the town before they go on the trip into the woods. So they, yeah. they, there's this a lot more backstory about the Blair Witch, and there's explanations as to how it attacks and affects people, including the standing in the corner bit, which isn't really explained in the movie, but in the documentary, that, somebody actually talks about how the the witch will get you.
1: Yeah, and it that, really that sets that up it is in the in the beginning. And but you you certainly have to pay attention and listen to what every mm. single person is saying, because I don't know, like if, if it's kind of expanded upon in the documentary, obviously they cut a lot out in the film, um, because yeah. you really do have to pay attention to what they're saying. Um,
4: yeah. It's really clever. Yeah, not watch the book of shadows. My Shadow wife fell for it. I let her sit there for 45 minutes before I told her it was just a movie. She actually <laughs> oh, <really>? believed it. <laughs> oh, Back in that's the weird. day, yeah. That, that she happened in real masters. life to yeah, real
2: life a lot of people, because they had to, had to come out with the actors, didn't they, and say they're not dead? Yeah. They
1: advertised that's it. How, yeah, they, advertised they did like, advertise yeah. it as if it was real. Yeah. That's right. But it had you to come
2: know, out, out on one of the talk shows like, and look, real look. Yeah. I'm dead.
1: <laughs> well it does get a lot of um flack for being well, certainly these days for being a found footage film. Um but actually I mean it was one of the first, if not the first the most to, popular. Yeah, to, uh, I, I think, mean the first um, to do it so effectively.
0: Cannibal kind of a holocaust. I think was the first Yeah, one. they yeah. copied
2: a lot of Spanish films as well. A lot of Spanish films were doing that. It was Fox one actually. of the right. mi- biggest mainstream ones, I'd say, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It, w- it wasn't even a genre. They didn't have a name for it.
1: Mm. But, yeah, no, like you said, Biggie, going back to the interviews, you, you start... When you watch it, as soon as they go into the woods, you do start noticing clues and things that are mm. like events that are happening around them before even the characters are realising themselves. And, yeah, like you said, that that final scene in the house... It kind of rem- it just it it does really remain really one of the most effective endings in horror films. I think, like you see, yeah, Mike agree. standing in the corner until um, you watch yeah.
2: the sequel and find out what happens.
1: No, <laughs> I, I have only once, yes. and actually, the most recent. Um, I think it was the most recent version of because there was one that came out. What was it? Three, four years ago, maybe.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, and a game,
1: they did. I never played the game. Um, no. a, I take it as no good. <laughs> Because <laughs> in the in the latest film they do show her and it's just, I mean it's kind of scary, but it's
2: just a witch.
1: It's just a witch, exactly with long arms. <laughs>
2: just, <laughs> again, don't show. That's the most effective thing in that film is that
0: end it's scene. It's got
2: one of the. It's got one of the most famous scenes in Hollywood history where she's snotting on the camera in the yeah. tent. Mm. That's, well, there's no, there's no, that's iconic.
1: Well, it's almost like a confession as, as well, isn't it? Because yeah. again, yeah. in the in the beginning, it. We went too far. Well, they sort of say that it could be somebody within your group that's turning evil. Like the the Blair Witch, the the house that they go to is actually belonged to somebody like a sort of a hermit who built the house himself because he wanted to be away from people. But you know, he wasn't doing anyone harm until he got possessed by the witch, and he was the one that um, told the uh, told the victims to stand in the corner because he can bear them watching whilst he killed their friends, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Really, really spooky. Much more spooky than I remember. (laughs)
0: Ooh, I like it. More thinking outside the box. But I'm sure Biggie Oodles are going to bring it back down to a normal villain. (laughs) And I'm going to pick Biggie.
4: (laughs) Well, let me tell you a story. About a film called Lethal Weapon. (laughs) (laughs) A film called The Thing. (laughs) Located in Western Japan. Himeji Castle stands atop a mountain. It was built somewhere between 1333 and 1346 as a home for the Lord of Himeji himself. The castle, the most popular tourist destination in Japan, is said to be incredibly lucky, almost supernaturally so, but it has a very creepy story attached to it, the story of Akiku, who died in a well outside the castle. Akiku, who worked in the dungeon beneath the castle, was the servant to a samurai named Tesan Ayama, and Ayama took a particular liking to her. In fact, he fell madly in love with her, telling her that he was going to leave his wife and be with her. But Akiku wasn't on board with this plan, which led to her apparent murder at the hands of the brutal samurai. One of her primary duties was to look after ten highly valuable golden plates that were owned by Ayama, and one day the samurai decided to hide one of them. He told Akiki that if she didn't agree to be with him, he would blame her for stealing the plate, which would lead to her torture and execution. In one version of the story, Akiku ended her own life by throwing herself down the castle's well, believing herself to be in a no-win situation with no other way out. In the other version, Ayama threw her down the well after she refused to be with him. Of course, the story doesn't end there. In the wake of Akiku's death, she was said to crawl out of the well and appear to Ayama on a nightly basis. Ayama was apparently driven insane by the vengeful ghost's incessant screams in the night. She was regularly heard counting the plates in the dungeon, throwing a violent fit whenever she realised, as she always did, that the tenth plate was missing. So this inspired a novel and this I'm novel scared. was then turned into a movie and that became The Ring.
2: You scared me mate. <laughs>
4: scared. Oh man, this movie this movie scared the shit out of me when I saw The Ring for the first time. Are you on about The Ring so, or Ringo? Ringu, ring, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, For me, the Japanese version is the superior version. Everybody has their favourites. But yeah, it's dated a little bit now, but I particularly like the build-up in the original um, because as daft as the concept actually sounds, they pretty much sold it on the terror of this tape. As um, the journalist Raikou investigates the rumours around this tape, the horror isn't truly revealed until the end of the film the tape itself which we see clips of unsettling and confusing and as the story unravels the images start to make more sense sadako's supernatural powers are truly terrifying as she can burn images of her choosing into your mind or into other materials the phone will ring after you've watched this tape and it forms with a seven day countdown to the death when the bodies of the victims are found their faces are so deformed and twisted into a complete look of fear as if they were literally scared to death and then when we truly witness the true horror as Ryuji believing that they've ended the curse of Sadako by retrieving her rotten remains from the well and feeling that all is at peace he is finally visited by Sadako as crawls out of his TV and takes another victim and the absolute shock and look of fear on his face is just something else the curse continues horrible, as Raika looks to visit her grandfather and save her son and just that iconic scene just blew me away when I saw that it's movie. It's fucking horrible, it, isn't it? Just, it's <laughs> insane. And I don't know if you saw any of the videos on YouTube around the time that this movie was at its peak. These to show this movie in a room with a group of people watching it and then they would have an actress crawl out of the <laughs> cupboard underneath. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I have seen at that. The
4: same, at the same time as she does on Fuck the that. TV. Fuck and oh, just seeing these people absolutely face. lose their shit. But I've been scared twice in real life by this, by my wife doing the same thing with her hair and dropping her hair down. Did and she crawl out walking. the telly? No, she just walked, did that creepy little scuttle that the character does. And I've also had <laughs> an eight-year-old Filipino girl do the same thing to me as well, because they <laughs> told no, you her I was scared life. of this. That <laughs> says
1: you're right for making it watch Blair Witch thinking it real. real. <laughs> yeah, I was
5: going to say, Yeah, you deserve that. Karma that, mate.
4: But I, I think... Because the 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 newer film is a bit more gory, I guess, in its own little way. And it's great. It's actually quite a fine film. film. But I just think the original just was so good with the build-up because you never actually saw what happened to them until right at the end. And you still don't quite see. You just know that she's so benevolent and so evil that whatever she does in front of their face just absolutely scares them to death. And I just think it's so fucking creepy. And I want to give another shout-out to The Grudge as well, because it's a very similar thing. Yeah. Uh, that just gave me the creep. Oh, I hate that noise that was so much. That the one film that
1: utterly horrified me when <sighs> I Every watched it. Every time you oh. open a cupboard.
4: Like, oh. Yeah, no. Just, <laughs> oh, don't. Just, I hate Japanese that noise. The original Japanese
1: Grudge I watched. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the, the uh, Western myself. version. No, I never did, but apparently it's all right. But the, the original Japanese version I watched by myself with a TV that was a couple of feet in front of me in a black, in a dark, completely pitch-black room.
3: that.
1: And... I I was literally utterly horrified that it was the first film that I've ever had to turn off that I've just been genuinely that petrified about.
2: Gadget,
4: don't watch these films, mate. You won't like them. It, the, I know the, I won't. The thing like them. about the TV scene <laughs> is so so clever because you see the snippets on the video. And you never quite see that final reveal until the right at the end of that original movie, and it's just so well done. It's so what creepy. What about
2: the uh, the spoof on the scary movie where she bangs her head? and She's coming out. <laughs> 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 she's like, Shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's Sadako or the Ring or Ringu, whatever Samara, you want to call I think it, he is was just in the Ring wasn't <laughs> she? in the uh, the remake Samara. Yeah. Did you
1: but, ever yeah,
2: read creepy. the book? Apparently, no. the book's frightening. Like like like, like people dropping the book and go nope.
1: What no, that? do you know what I would have said the opposite? So like to, to me, and it's been a long time since I read the book, but it was actually more of a more of a thriller, really, less of a horror, uh, less of a horror book, more of a thriller. Isn't
2: it more of a detective one? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't read horror books because I get into them. Do you know, like the kid from Neverending Story? I get into them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to get zapped into some fucking scary Japanese <laughs> horror world. <No laughs> facts. Well, I
4: didn't know it was. I didn't know it was based on uh, that tale. I found that out yesterday. So. Uh... It's a real story. story,
2: true story. It happened. Allegedly.
4: Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, Needles, round us off. Who is your horror villain? So, Gadget scared me early because he mentioned Resident Evil, and um, as you all know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a very big fan of this series, and I'd be remiss not to bring something up from Resident Evil. But I've gone for the non-obvious pick. I've gone from for the bakers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're good. Yeah.
3: They're my horrible.
2: Everyone's favourite horrible bastards. (laughs) So, the Baker family from Resident Evil 7. Yes, yes. Um, Stig's also a member of this family. Uh, They consist of a family from... um, Is it Louisiana, somewhere like that? Yes, Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, Jack Baker, the dad. Marguerite Baker, the mum. Lucas Baker, the son. Zoe Baker, the daughter. Joe Baker, the uncle. And the grandma. So... From now on, I'm going to talk about spoilers for Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, tune out for a a bit. For a a bit. So if you don't know the Baker's Eye and Resident Evil 7, you've seen footage of them, trust me. If you're into games, um, welcome to the family, son. All that stuff. (laughs) Fucking great Uh, moment, that. It's sensational. It's frightening. So... Resident Evil Resident Evil after six <laughs> after six was at an all time low. Uh the series was stagnant. People were crying out for a proper refresh. And they did Capcom did the impossible. They said, guys, we're doing a first person game. It's not like Resident Evil. It turns out it was very much like Resident Evil after the halfway mark, but
5: the beginning, the first five hours, it's very much I think, well, its this, own this, thing. Yeah, this this they saw PT uh, just as they were starting Resident Evil 7, like, Yep, that's what we oh, need yeah. to do. That's what we're, we need to do. We're doing that. First we're first doing, doing that. <laughs> shit. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you,
2: you play as Ethan Winters is a completely new character in this. And you don't see who Ethan is, yes he he is basically the um He's blonde Stig. The Yeah, he's Stig. Basically, all Mr. Right. Generic. <laughs> Sorry, Stig. I didn't say that. You said that. Uh, he, he's the avatar for you, and that's why the first-person view works for this game. You go into this house. Basically, your wife's been missing for three, four years. He gets a random email in the video saying, don't come and find me, however. <laughs> so what does he do?
5: He go goes and find to find
2: her. her. His wife. That Fucking hell, move on, man and that's <laughs> three years come on fucking okay, hell! think of that tinder action but yeah it goes to this house in louisiana where it's told to come and it's it's abandoned and shit kicks off for real so spoiler alert again he finds his wife pretty fast and she turns on him and she's fucking horrible that beginning bit gadget
5: oh that way she jumps uh, stairs.
2: Yeah, and yes. she fucking snaps your hand back and Awful. stuff. Aye,
4: aye, aye, aye.
2: I've mentioned it before. Don't play it in VR, otherwise you will be scared. No. Mm. It,
3: yes, it, you will. It,
2: this film clever, cleverly brings things from every single horror trope, but it does it so well. And straight away, like, she chops your fucking hand off, and you're like, what the fuck? And he stitches his hand back on. But right. we'll talk about that later. And And from there on... It becomes a completely different game. So you wake up after being fucked up by your wife and you meet the bakers. Now, the bakers aren't uh, the Stu- Stuart Baker family. It's a different type <laughs> of baker. These they make cookies. Are, they, they, yeah, these make kind of cookies, but they've got maggots in them and stuff. <laughs> these, these are a proper play on Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. I've forgot I've, I've yeah. the name of that family, but it's them. And the dad is is trying to shove a knife in your mouth. He's trying to make the mums, tr- uh, Margaret. She's trying to make you eat like awful out, out proper just pe- awful pe- stuff. People awful as well. Mm. People awful. Like it's yeah, it's quite
3: explicit
5: and, that they're cannibals.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're just arguing amongst themselves to the point where Jack fucking cuts off his son's arm, and they're both laughing about it. So you know something's off. I'm not going to recount the whole <laughs> game, but just a bit. the the cl- the clever thing that they do then as as a game mechanic is. Every single face-off with this family is its own thing. Yeah, it's its own like a gameplay look. And what Capcom did, they brought all the best things from the series and put it in this game. So Jack Baker is uh, the nemesis, Mister X. He's constantly walking Stalks around the it, house, yeah, just stalking you, you constantly. Yeah, and Marguerite Baker is is the the monstrosity that, turned, that that morphs into what Resident Evil's known for: big boss battles and. And then you've got, you've got uh, Lucas, who it turns it into more of an um, escape room, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you've got, you've got Zoe Baker, who's, s- s- by all accounts, a goodie. She's, she's not been affected by whatever's affecting this family. And she's trying to help you along the way. And you've got difficult choices to make. But the frightening the, and the most simple, frightening thing about this whole game is at any moment in that game you could be walking around a corner and there's the grandma just sat in a chair. She doesn't do anything. She's rocks in a chair. She follows you though with her eyes, wherever you stand, she's following you. And it turns out that that grandma's something that she, that appears later on. But what I, I just, I just think there's something really effective about being in a really realistic environment. Apart from the fact that Ethan can have his limbs chopped off and glue them back together. That's just the game. That's just, it's just the game being a game, isn't
5: it? It's not just glue, it's, it's, the, it's the magic juice.
2: Yeah. And it, it's, it's later explained in Resident Evil, like, why you can do this kind of thing.
5: And <laughs> yeah. this is the main. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's explained
2: not well. Kind of. <laughs> the, the main spoiler I want to talk about is what you don't realize in this game is you're playing someone that's died. Yes. You got killed. You get killed by Jack in the beginning of the game. You, I think, you are dead.
5: I, I, I think, isn't it implied that what they're, tra- what they're trying to feed to you is actually part of yourself? At the yes. Very beginning you are the eating yourself.
2: Deal. Yes. Uh, you, you are basically made of mold from, from, from this game and the next game. You are not <laughs> human. This is why you can do all these spectacular things like gluing your leg back on. Uh, <laughs> just crazy. And, and, and you can survive this. But while you're playing seven, especially, you don't know any of this. And it's clever that the, the fact that it's so down to earth and realistic compared to Chris Redfield punching a boulder into a volcano. It's <laughs> it just it strips back everything and it reminds you of the original Resident Evil where you're in a house and it's realistic. In your head, you'd think to yourself, "I'll just jump out the window and run off." This game's got that covered. All the windows are bad. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't getting out. You, you ain't getting out of there. And you you've not got. Until the very end, you've not got machine guns and stuff. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, like it does it it, it it does kind of, around about the third time you fight Jack, it does get start getting yeah. silly and very Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Like it loses it. Him you do yeah. a chainsaw battle with him, practically, do you? You have a chainsaw battle with him, no. he goes, Groovy! The third time you fight him, the where he becomes it, the, the, the standard Resident Evil tumor yeah, monster but even thing.
4: Even that scene when you're in the garage and you get the car and you I think, love that oh, scene. I'm out of here. Mm. When he kills the Bobby. You, you feel like you're getting out. You feel like, yeah, yeah. I'm getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like J- J- and, and, and th-
5: Jack especially <laughs> is, a, is, a, is such a well-done baddie because he's quite yeah. mad. He is yeah, really, yeah. really fucking insane in the yeah. funniest yeah. and scariest way possible because that scene, in the, that scene in the garage where he's doing donuts in the car trying to run you over after having ripped his head his head off. off. Laughing his head off is actually objectively really fucking funny. But at the same yeah. time, it's caught you by such surprise that your adrenaline's all the way up there, and you've just... Oh, yeah. You feel like you're losing it. But I love that... And the, then he just shoots himself in the head. <laughs> I, I love the reveal that you get towards the end of the game. But when you when you find out what the grandma is, and you find out what the kind of the yeah. core of the story is, and you have this yeah. kind of flashback of Jack apologising yeah. to you, and I think that is a really interesting way to... They don't do mean the to be who they are. No, they're, they're not acting in their right minds. They're victims. Clearly. They're victims as much as you are. But yeah. I love that twist on it, because so many so many baddies in Resident Evil are just really fucking evil for the sake of it. Like Wesker. Like Wesker. Like Excel, just evil. Like Excella. Like that... That fucking yeah. New York guy in Resident Evil 5, whatever he's called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it, is it <laughs> Hal or something like that? The, the, the brilliant scientist S- that sounds like you'd find him in, in Atlantic City. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. running a all,
2: pizza restaurant. Yeah, not well all, written, are they? They're all pretty one-note. They're all,
5: they're all no, one-note, no. one yeah. and they're all evil for the sake of it, whereas like you you have the Baker family are terrifying, but they're not in control yeah. either. They're victims as much as you are. And I, I love that... Element to the story.
2: I do. I mean, that's what makes them like enticing bad guys. To you, kind of in a, in a strange, weird way, you root for them because yeah. when, when you know when you play the game again, it, it all makes sense. Everything they're telling you. It's,
5: it's I mean, it's it's, it's, it's the, same. the game doesn't lie to you at all. It's the same with Resident Evil Eight. Like the four primary yeah. baddies that you fight, not Mother it's Miranda, not but but the four primary baddies They're all sort of victims in the same kind of thing. Yeah, just they're twisted and turned around.
3: Mm,
2: yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just – you cannot tell that this game is made by Japanese uh, production. You can't tell. It's the most Western Resident Evil that they've done yeah. to the point where even the Japanese version is dubbed English and it's got, it's got Japanese writing. It's, that is what their vision is. They are saying, yeah, we can do Western horror in Japan. We can do it. Like, Western people can't do Japanese horror. Pff, not, not a fucking prayer.
4: There's a, a similar bit in, can do that. early on in the game um... – well, I, for me, that when I discovered it was uh, very similar to Alien Isolation, was that when I was running away, hiding from Jack quite early on, and I was thought I was in a safe space, I was yep. tucked away in this corner, ducked out of the Scrapped way, you. thinking, I can hear him and I know he's around, but he, he's not going to come here because this is clearly a safe space. And it was like, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. And yep. yeah, he, he killed me outright. I tried like, to Fuck. stop
0: playing it in VR. I, I, his encounters, I started and did the first thing and shipped me up, and then I did. Yeah all the first kind of bits in the house and then his constant chasing and encounters you'd walk in a room and he's (laughs) just there and you're like oh fucking hell and it just the constant running away and having to hide it just shit me up and you were like i was like this literally i'd I'd get to a space where i was safe because oh you know you know at the point where it's just like where are you like it's kind of like calling you out it's like right he doesn't know where i am but you're like this like peering around corners in your vr suit (laughs) <laughs> constantly just peeking around the corner Yeah, is he gone and you're like oh he's gone and then all of a sudden you appear again. yeah fuck and he's just like it was too much it was too much and, and that's like, your dad it's like I I, I, like, I cannot play the rest of this game with this headset on
1: so, I got past the, there and yeah. I had to stop when it was the spiders jumping out at you from the lock when a spider jumps at your face oh yeah.
2: It, really. yeah yeah I mean the last thing I do want to mention on a, on a gameplay standpoint of it is the emergent gameplay that it does have that you out of all the Resident Evil games, this is the most replayable because things can change. You are actively encouraged to sequence break and stuff like that. Like the puzzles, if you know the, the, the outcome before watching the tapes and stuff like that, the game talks to you. How did you know that? That kind of thing. It, yeah. it knows. And a, a lot of the bosses can be killed in different ways, like the scene with Jack in the in the garage. Sometimes he doesn't get in the car. Sometimes yeah. you get in the car and he makes – it, it tries to kill you by pushing your face into the uh, the girders, doesn't it? And there's loads of different ways. Like you can, a lot of people don't know this, but you can shoot the car and it'll blow up, so no one gets in the fucking car. There's so many different. <laughs> there's so many different ways that this game plays out. The emergent gameplay on it is it's fantastic, and and the game knows that. It 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 does what Resident Evil 4 did perfectly. It, it borderline makes it feel like you're just surviving on the skin of your teeth. But if you are running out of bullets, you'll find bullets. The game works that around. If you need health, you'll eventually find a health. You know what I mean? Mm. It's such a fucking smart game, and the fact that they nail that in a little, a bite-sized ten-hour experience—that's you can replay it, replay it, replay it. And I haven't even spoke about Joe Baker yet. The DLC where you're the uncle, and he's basically the biggest pro wrestler of all time. He can drop kick and he can suplex these goo
5: monsters <laughs> and stuff. He is sensational.
2: That DLC is fucking fantastic. I'm gonna come and find you, baby. It's just so fucking it's it's brilliant and and the plot twist and I don't know if you guys played it all, but the, when you get to the ship, yeah. it's frightening because you lose all your weapons and it goes back to surviving again. It's just that game it deserves to be played and played and played and played and played. And the more you play it the more new things you see. And I've I've Platinum that game. I've beat it on Madhouse difficulty. One of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. But even on that, the game's completely different. They move keys to different locations and yep. stuff like that. It's just fucking sensational. It's just a masterclass. Right. And the family, the backdrop of them is just before we, beautiful. Before this turns the into a Resident Evil podcast... <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> it can do. It's about it villains. Do, but... We're here to talk about the villains. So let's hear. But they're the backdrop. They are the backdrop. But thank you, for everyone. There were some really outside the box ones there, which was really good. But I want to know what our listeners have said, Gadget. What villains
5: have they brought? Well, us? before we talk about villains, we want to talk about a goodie here because um, uh, King Hagrid um, emailed us earlier in the week to say, not that really? Hagrid, um, so just want to say thank you for <laughs> producing such great content with Do Dragon Stream Escort Sheep. I saw the really promotional really post about the Sequelizers joining us for the one shot and decided to give you a podcast to go. And by the time I got to episode three, I pre-ordered the D&D starter kit and I've arranged the first game with some friends. And I'm rather sad now because despite only listening in the first place so I could get to the latest one shot, now I'm here and about to listen, knowing that I've caught up, knowing that I've caught up leaves an empty feeling. So I can't wait for season three and I will be supporting on Patreon, if, if only for the songs. Well, you're very lucky because and, as, as, of, as of listening, as of this publishes today, tomorrow is when season three of Scorched Sheep starts. <laughs> oh. Oh, I know what happens. You do, because you were there and you were reasonably sober. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. I, just, I, mm. I always like to highlight the nice little things that people yes. say about us. Uh, but going to this week's topic... Oh, Christ, we're starting with Super Natty cat Oh.
2: <laughs> okay, She's it's going to... a staff member now. You're going to be nice.
5: I know, She's but it all starts supposed weird. to have a
2: multiple Twitter account. Like, Twitter posts, though. So. She'll know soon. Have so. a word,
4: Candy. Have a word. Have a word,
2: in the, have a word in the staff room. We'll have a word.
5: <laughs> so she said, Well, my first answer was going to be Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8 because of her amazing hat, beautiful voice, commanding tone, and huge tits. I have a director's note here to say motorboat noises. That is not happening. <laughs> it's her ass, not a tits. <laughs> no one cares about a tits. It's that ass. Well, she finishes tits. off this oh. sentence saying, Love me a big pair of boobies I do. But no, my favourite <laughs> horror villain has to be the Headless Horseman from the film Sleepy Hollow. Christopher Walken. (laughs) This is the first horror film I watched over in a mate's house. I was eight years old and grew up in a strict household. Joe had parents who let him do whatever he wanted, hence watching Sleepy Hollow with some pizza at eight years old. I love that I didn't find him scary. I found him hilarious. I wanted him to do well. (laughs) The bit where he shuts that dickhead preacher up by throwing a big spiky stick through the church gates and into his torso, then proceeds to drag him through the stained glass window. But the funny mm, bit okay. comes when the bloke gets stuck on the wooden fence in the churchyard, and, and good old Headless Horseman is like, fuck's sake, like he just snagged his jacket on a doorknob. Me and Joe pissed ourselves <laughs> laughing. Then he chops his head off in the most cool way possible. Legend. Can we get a therapist? Had, it was su- in my ass. Can we get a therapist for supernatural
0: Cat? I feel is, like she is, needs to speak super to someone. care for an eight-year-old, because I'm <laughs> thinking about potentially letting Amelia watch it. But yeah.
3: I think but it's so th- okay. There's
2: one it's right. scene where, where, where the woman is shagging the man, but you can barely tell that they're shagging.
0: Yeah, she just wants to so watch. If you want to watch more that, horror
2: films, it's all uh, well. M- m- my son's my eldest son's watched it. He's all 10 the and, sexual uh, references in Beetlejuice went over her head. So, yeah, the, the, it, she's literally the the, the, the the clove, but the shagging. Yeah. That's the only bit. The bloods kissing. the blood's funny because it's super red blood. Yeah. Tim Burton blood. Yeah, I think I might do that one. I think yeah, I think you can put Sleepy Along for an eight year old. My, my son loved it. It was, only, it's funny, it, but it was only it was only fifteen as well,
5: wasn't it? It wasn't an yeah. eighteen.
2: Yeah, it's only fifteen.
5: Uh, Jamie, Jamie Y Wise coming in saying Randall Flagg from Stephen King's Dark Tower Connected Universe mm, The Stand was yeah. my entry into King Backman King slash Backman with both the 1994 miniseries and the uncut behemoth of a novel and it's something for him to be a villain in so many of King's works either as Flagg or another of his identities
4: Read yeah. the graphic novel Really
2: good Just read the novels like he's in the Dark Tower and stuff like that it's, uh, The Stand yeah Ooh. I'm the walking
5: dude Yes. Those out-of-world people from the Space Castle pod. Now that didn't work, but it Space Castle pod is written in saying <laughs> Michael Myers is just straight-up relentless evil and despite being devoid of emotion, is a straight-up artiste when it comes to murders. The original Halloween is gleeful in how Michael Myers takes out his victims and the movie will never stop being fun. Doesn't There's like only two people in the first Halloween film. Three, I two think. or
0: three. Yeah, it doesn't kill many people. It's more the suspense and the build up and the yeah. shape being in the backdrop. It's actually like if you watch that film, Michael, he's always in the background, isn't he? There's like bits. There's like there's literally a bit where there's two characters talking. He drives past in the car, but yeah, you wouldn't notice if you weren't really paying attention. He's just right. there, yeah. like kind of wandering around. And
2: it's a good film. The first one's really
0: it's good.
4: The fact it's, that you're being changed by what, William Shatner, Shatner to do the whole with time.
2: It. Yeah, it's William Shatner. <laughs> But the, the, new, the new Halloween's apparently shit, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I, was, uh, I read a plot synopsis of the, of the Halloween ends today. I think I might have fucking... to watch it just to yeah, see what it laugh. is.
1: <laughs> take one for the team.
5: You know me. Like Jamie Lee you know Curtis, me. I'll anyway. take one
0: for the team.
4: Uh, <laughs> so you Steve, don't have
5: to. Steve Chambers has said... We all said, took so...
4: one last week.
5: Steve well. Chambers... fuck's sake, man. Let me carry on. Steve <laughs> Chambers <laughs> has said, Pennywise, The Dancing Clown from Stephen King's It. Terrifying when I first read the book and as a kid it's just as horrific as in the recent in the recent movies. The first antagonist that really damaged my psyche. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll float. Uh, John Shepard has said, Julia Cotton from Hellraiser. In a film where literal demons, to some, turn up, she is romanced by a hedonistic lover that is literally rebuilding themselves. Julia is such a complicated and interesting monster. The original plot for Hellraiser 3 was to have her become the queen of hell, but Claire Higgins opted to become a stage actress instead. I would have loved to have seen where that story went. Instead we a comp-
0: compact
2: disc. Yeah, CD.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I, I... What a senabite. I, um, I realised when he wrote this in that I got a name wrong
2: last week because so I said it was Yeah, Helen. and I said, yeah, that's a name. We both got it wrong, mate. Helen Julia. is from Canyon uh, K- uh, Man. Yeah, <laughs> Julie. She's brilliant. Mm. Like the stuff with the mattress and uh, her obsession with Frank and stuff. She's oh, a she's evil as fuck. Yeah.
5: And when she seduces the Doctor in the second one. Oh, she's great. Mm. Um, The Monorants at the Movies podcast have said The hospital itself in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place (laughs) Yes for it is a font of evil (laughs) Yes Fucking Dark Place I love that Can't wait for the book to come out Keeps getting delayed on Amazon Reboot it I want them to reboot it Last up we have Xenos We're going back to video games here Uh, He said the two standout mentions for me And yes I do qualify these as horror villains Are both from the Metroid series it's the SAX from Metroid Fusion and the Emmy from Metroid Dread. A relentless hunter in the vein of the Terminator, effectively wearing Samus' own face as it hunts her with the strongest weapons in what used to be her own arsenal, and a series of nine vulnerable sentry robots that will stop at nothing to chase you down and ram a four foot needle through your heart and take a DNA sample if they ever become aware that you exist. For the SAX, nothing you've got access to will phase it for more than a few seconds until you finally get a boss fight against it at your full power at the end of the game. And it's the main reason I never completed Metroid Fusion, because that boss fight is hard as fucking nails. And for the Emmy, is. your only means of damaging them is an effectively a nuclear-powered upgrade to your arm cannon, which still can't damage them until you actively melt their faceplate off to expose their big glowing red eye as a weak point. Samus is characterised as the Hunter. The space pirates refer to her as it in every data log they've got about her. And these are the two entities in the franchise that are dangerous enough to make her the hunted instead. They will find you and they will only stop chasing you to try and rip you to pieces when you can get out of their range also they're faster than you and several of them can shoot through walls i mean i haven't played yes. through metroid fusion but i know what he means about the sax but the, the, the emmy the emmy had moments where they could be pretty creepy um not a horror game but he's right yeah they are very much a horrific enemy especially in terms of the I, fact I, that you know you're walking you're exploring a place in what's obscene. Obst- What's a, what's outwardly a um, stealth section, and then one spots mm-hmm. you, and you, its its like when you get spotted in Metal Gear Solid, like the high-paced music starts up, and these things are on you in seconds. Like you have it's to just be very fast, and the instant kills when they catch you. So they can be quite yeah. scary. So no, I'd I'd go for them.
0: Right, is that everything? Yeah, it's everything. Brilliant. Well, thank you everyone for writing in, and uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, just before we go, just remember, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. Help us divide and conquer the podcasting world, as my excellent host tells us every week.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, You haven't called them sexy yet, though. I call them sexy. Uh, well, you, you want me to call you sexy? No, the sexy <laughs> patrons, I call them.
0: They are sexy patrons. If you want to, If you want to get sexier cost you yes! a minimum of £1 a month. That's it. £1 a month will make you sexy. <laughs> it will. <laughs> and so, but if you are a patron, this is it. This is the end for you. We're going to head into the green room for the extended What we're doing edition. next week. What we're doing next week. That isn't good. Um, well, what we're doing <laughs> next week involves the patrons as well, because they get to choose. So right now we yes. have no topic. You will get to choose. <laughs> we'll put that up on the Patreon website and you can vote for what we choose next week so yep. look out for what that is in the feedback on Twitter um, but for choose now choose
4: wisely
0: <clears throat> you know they won't choose wisely if <laughs> you have to give them good topics otherwise they'll choose the shittest one as evidence with 100 things pod every time he puts a shit film on everyone votes yep. for it
3: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> right we are ending it now so thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week uh, for all you sexy patrons, we'll meet you in the green room. Goodbye. Oh. Bye.
2: Hang on, hang on. Will you two shut up? (laughs) Fuck's sake.
1: Sorry, Dad.
0: Yeah, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Just trying to hurt...